0: From the Dice Abide Live studios, it's Late Night War Games with your hosts, Adam and John. Hello,
1: hello everyone, and welcome to Late Night War Games, where the applause is fake, but the awkward silence is real. I'm your <laughs> host, Adam, and with me as always, the wisest of Ken's is the shiny pewter to my hobby ADD, John.
0: Mm, rub that file all over.
1: We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are... We are also joined tonight in the digital studio by the winner of the last Bromad Academy competition, Frank Washburn. Hey, hello, hello. Hey Frank, how's it going?
2: It is go. It is. It is going. It is Excellent. actually going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, gentlemen, what are you drinking tonight, Frank?
2: Uh, I I like uh, very uh, feminine drinks, uh, so I took a San Pellegrino blood orange flavored and I dumped some vodka and um, older liqueur into it. Pretty good.
0: That sounds lovely. John, how about you? Uh, I am enjoying this boiling root beer, which I got with the pizza we ordered for dinner because we needed to make a $30 delivery fee. <laughs> well, so we threw on go. some root beer. And I poured a bunch of Aquavit into it. So Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's pretty good. Obi gave me the idea. Obi knows what he's doing when he's drinking, so figured I'd follow along. <laughs>
1: let well, I mean, he always has good recommendations for cocktails. He does. So tonight, I'm having the Black Butte XXXI, the thirty uh, first thirty first birthday reserve from Deschutes, um, which is an imperial porter with chocolate, cold brew coffee, and cardamom, aged in bourbon barrels.
0: That is entirely too fancy.
1: It's uh, it's it's twelve point two percent. So oh, wow.
2: Nice. Wow. <laughs> well gentlemen, uh cheers. cheers. How do you how do you just not go to sleep after you have half of that? I'll oh, go to do sleep immediately
1: after this show. He does
2: Yeah. Yeah, the, the quality uh degrades,
1: it's like bowling. There's a peak and then it yeah, kind I, of levels off.
2: I remember in college I was like a five to six drink fun person and now after kids, I'm one drink, I'm like early bedtime. I'm very tired now. <laughs> right,
1: right. Yeah, exactly, the Balmer peak. Yeah. All right, guys, well, before we get carried away with the main feature, uh, first... It's time for the evening news. John, why don't you uh, give us some news?
0: Yeah, sounds good. So, first and foremost, we have a new sponsor. So, Woo! Yay. Uh, so, uh, Polly Nike is over at Mythic Games and sponsoring us, and what we're going to do is every show on Tuesdays, not every... Uh, not every Dice and Bite Show, but every Late Night War Games will give away a $10 gift certificate to the Myth Game, Mythic Games online store. All you have to do to be eligible is hang out in chat and talk to us and the other people who are watching the stream. That's it. And then at some random point during the show, I will mash a button, and um, you'll be randomly selected to win. And then we'll tell you, and then we'll, we'll sort out the details afterwards. So, yeah, those are that's it.
1: Super easy. Super and easy. Yeah, Just, thanks. You- yeah, huge thanks to Ruben uh, for wanting to help promote us and his community, and in turn, we'll tell people to go buy toys from him.
0: Indeed. Is there a
2: wheel of names for
0: this? There is not a wheel of names for this. This is just a. Oh. I'm I'm using some Nightbot functionality, so that is that is my my game my game plan.
2: Super someone snazzy. Should, someone should make a bot that has an encoded GUI that does, that generates a wheel of names for every. Show with, with the current viewers.
0: Yeah, that would you, be nice. You, you oh, get right on that.
2: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Very important.
0: Yeah. So at some point during the show, uh, we'll do that thing. It'll be a good time. Um, let's see what else in Broman Academy Land. Uh, we are still doing um, missions and stuff. So uh, this month's mission until the end of January is to try a profile that you didn't take before and give it an honest, you know, honest go. Let us know how it went and be entered to win. A blister from Mythic Online Games, uh, and uh, or a Berman Academy patch if you don't have one of those. So let me know which one you want if you get if you win. And that will be uh, Wheel of Names. Um, and then of course there is the uh, the the painting contest, which is uh, which is tag your it. So basically, paint up a tag and send it to us by the end of the quarter. So that's the end of March.
1: You got plenty of time to plenty go. of time one of those shiny toys and build
2: something big and sweet yep so i i hope that someone paints the megalodron
0: that that would be <laughs> acceptable <laughs> right well how could that it not count, that'll count yep
1: it's the taggiest um, of all the tags
0: indeed uh let's see what a uh, random indiegogo starter that i found uh this is not explicitly related to most of the things we talk about but uh if you are familiar with the scp Foundation um these people are putting together a series of art books uh which is basically you know literally just the contents of scp wiki but Snazified up with uh cool formatting and whatnot and they have uh, a bunch of commissioned artwork um huh. yeah so it's pretty, cool. pretty cool what if,
1: what what is the SCP foundation for those of us that don't know
0: so the SCP foundation is basically like the it's a fictional Organization, which is kind of like great government conspiracy sort of thing, and they and they they go around containing is what secure contain protect, and they go around like finding anomalous stuff. Think like all the things that Doctor Who has to deal with, like the the statues that will teleport when you're not looking at them, that kind of nonsense. No short, uh, and then they basically just um you no, know, it, it's it's basically a giant writing exercise. So if you are into oh, okay. writing horror or science fiction and you want to situate it in a in a universe so you don't have to like flesh out the whole universe uh you can write on on there it's it's a fun like you know if you, if you feel like browsing for a couple minutes just check out SCP wiki um and you'll get it but if you really enjoy the lore and all that stuff uh you can you can buy these very sweet books and they actually have um I haven't seen this before but they plan on oh, where did it go uh they plan on oh, there it is so um the dust covers have AR elements so, it will animate the book yeah. cover for you if you're into that sort of thing. It's kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Warehouse 13, the webcomic. Yes, that's, that's yeah, that's that's an excellent way of describing it as <laughs> okay. well. Okay. Yeah, or or okay. um, or the uh, God, what's her? What, I don't remember her actual name, unfortunately. The actress that plays Samantha Carter uh starred in a uh, a show called Sanctuary. Maybe that sounds right. Um, I don't know. It was a good thing, but that's this, that's the news. Uh, Very
1: cool. I have. Well, we also had a little bit of uh, infinity news. Mm-hmm. Just a, you know, just a little thing. The, uh, the FAQ dropped.
0: That's a big Whee! deal. Yeah. So
1: all of your questions have been an answered. There are literally no questions you could possibly have that are not answered by this document. But for me, it's, yeah, it, this helps a lot. They really had some uh, kind of issues with what I feel like the way some things were worded specifically around the way, Modifiers were worded, and now they've they've cleared that up. Modifiers work when you use that skill, and if that skill has a target, then only against the target, boom. All the questions are answered now. We now know what CC attack minus six does. Um, and then you can uh, Berserk while engaged. Impetuous is a bit less forgiving, because you have to make sure you, you end as far away as possible from your uh, starting position
2: but to be fair the way it was written before and invited some people to uh put like put on simultaneously the lawyer glasses and the nerd glasses and be like actually i'm moving a single millimeter closer yeah, to your deployment yeah. zone so i'm just getting the lateral eight inches of your bike and it's like no, no yeah on. so they've <laughs> uh,
1: they've they've made it a little bit less forgiving you don't have to jump off buildings to your death still so it's still better than N3. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they've, check it out. You know, we all play Infinity. Most of us have probably even looked at it. Um, but if you haven't, it is important to read because it affects the game. But overall, it's, it's, I didn't find anything like shocking. You know, I didn't clutch my pearls at any of the rulings. Um, What's,
2: uh, what, do you have a, a favorite ruling or something that you were particularly glad to see written down?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The way modifiers work made no sense uh-huh. before. Uh-huh. It was just like it gives a negative modifier to your opponent. Oh well, which opponent? When? Like, if I CC attack minus six, one guy is somebody else minus six to shoot at me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm using the skill. You mm-hmm. know?
2: So, 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 so is is the clarification that it only applies to the face to face roll?
1: Yeah. Oh well, no. So, because there's issue, there's situations where you don't have face to face rolls like berserk,
2: right? Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah.
1: So CC attack minus six gives the opponent a negative six modifier to whatever they do, mm-hmm. but it's only to the target of, your, of the skill. Got it,
2: got um, it. So, so, so say uh, a fictional person who has Berserk and a Para minus six weapon, um, with the, and that person is dodging, and, a, and in that action, someone else is shooting into, arrow shoot into the melee,
1: um <laughs> there's too many variables already. Right. Right, but
2: up. right. But the 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 pair of negative sticks will not be applied to the person shooting. It's only gonna be applied to the person trying to dodge.
1: If if you are CCing that person, yes. Yes. Yep. So it's it is more better now. Um it just needed that extra bit of clarification because there were literally zero instructions on how to treat negative modifiers on some skills that had negative modifiers. So it's all done now. It's perfect. Pistols still give the extra burst in close combat. So watch out for cheer killers.
2: And Janstar.
1: Um <laughs> yeah, and Janstar and Lemieux. So lots of uh, lots of good things. I'm yeah, I'm happy for it. They needed it. And it sounds like they're committing to doing them quarterly, so we'll take that.
0: Yeah. Seems good.
1: Excellent. So, how about uh, how about some hobby time?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah. We need like a, a a
1: teaser for that, I think. So, yeah, I actually had a fairly productive week. Uh, I'm cranking on some Age of Sigmar stuff, mostly because I want to get it out of my way. Uh, I want to get it to a place where I can play with it and you know play a couple games with Dan, um, and then move on to other projects. So, this is uh, some of my character on overlords I've been doing. There is a skyport for character on overlords, which are the old grumbly dwarves in the sky, where the other the other skyports are? You know where we embrace new technology and capitalism and all that stuff. And these dwarves remember how it used to be. Uh, and I decided that that was the faction for my character on overlords that made the most sense for me as a person. Um, and their thing is they can take all the other dwarf units in their army, so like fire slayers and the the cities of Sigmar of dwarves. So I got a bunch, like sixty of the classic dwarf heads and have been putting them on these warriors to give them proper beards. Uh, and they, they fit really nicely and it, it really gives them a bit of a unique look. You know, they don't have the as much of a steampunk aesthetic mm. once you give them the kind of more medieval armored helmet. Got it. So I'm pretty
2: happy,
1: pretty happy with how that's looking.
2: Nice. Look are, these, are these GW minis? Yeah, these know. are GW minis. Yeah. I do not know any, I I know, I can recognize some GW properties, not everything. Yeah, I'm happy with how it's going so far. And then
1: I have also been working, continued to work on my Sons of Behemoth, also for Age of Sigmar. This is my in progress pirate um, giant. And I did a lot of work on his base. So he's walking up off of the, the beach into the city. Pretty happy that's like the big anchor sunk in the sand for his foot, which also gives him a lot more stability. Um, he <laughs> yeah. sculpted his, his, his six-pack abs uh, after removing a bunch of extra shields and stuff. Give him the pants, the crocodile belt buckle.
0: Are you going to put a bunch of sand, like glue down a bunch of sand, basically?
1: Yeah, yeah. Now that that's all cured, I need to sand the surfaces. But I, have a, I still have a bunch of detail work I need to do to him and the uh, Jack and the Beanstalk giant, Got it. but these models are huge, by the way. So the next picture you can see, I have the actual, the old GW giant, which used to be big um, in comparison to the rest of the giants. So a,
2: substantial.
1: yeah, like a normal S2 Infinity model does not come up to their knee um, at all. Like the, the normal S2 Infinity model comes up to the very tiny looking giant's knee in this
2: picture. Are, do you have a shelf that these guys will live on? Yeah, I've got the- a shelf
1: already. They're already sitting nice. on it.
2: Nice. Um,
1: and yeah, it's just, it's a fun, silly army. It's been a lot of fun to convert them. Um, my daughter loves them because they, uh, yeah, as Obi says, they're basically war dolls to her. Yeah. Like they're, they're they're as big as Barbies, you know? So she's just like, yeah, these are great. And she makes up all kinds of stories about the giants. It's pretty funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the- no, they- that's a skirmish game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: The whole army is like six models on the table. Wow. Uh, It's three of the big guys and three of the the small giants, which uh, Dan just finished 3D printing for me. So I'll have the rest of those soon.
0: Nice. Very cool.
1: And then another project I've been working on is this YT freighter for a buddy of mine. Um, He is getting ready to put out on my mini factory um, stills for sale of basically a fully modular X-wing scale YT ship. So you can build it out. You can obviously build the Falcon. But you can build basically all the stuff from the different technical manuals that are all based on the YT chassis. Um, so as he rolls out more pieces, you know this is just like the the quote base set. You'll need this set to build all the other ones that off of. There'll all be expansions on it. Um, but he's already got. Just dozens of different alternate pieces for the you know the front fairings. Which position do you want the cockpit to be, and what style of cockpit do you want? Turrets, three different turrets, four different engines. He's got a ton of stuff.
0: Fully, fully usable interior.
1: No, actually. So funny thing about the interior. I he uh, he does. Yep. Um. But so he. But stopped, of course. Yeah, he stopped working on it. He's designing it now for. Uh, for two upscale, so you won't have the full detailed interior in X-wing scale, but if you scale up the mi- the miniature double size, you will. But it does have articulated landing gear. He's building an articulated uh, ramp,
0: so you can you can have so, your fantasy of like shooting at stormtroopers on the lowered ramp. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Um, and I kind of was inspired a little bit by Spaceballs for this one. Um, these are classic Winnebago color markings. So
0: <laughs> nice.
1: I like the idea of just the the base model just being like fresh off the lot. Come on down, you know, like brand new 1970s like family going on vacation with our the cheapest little YD we can get with like minimal turrets for defense.
2: Right. Adam, how did you do the uh panel lining there? Did you do like a Tamiya panel liner or Oh,
1: so this is just um this is just GW wash. Mhm. So nice. the I think it's just CPO bone. Um, and just use a, uh, a fine brush, got it right in the cracks, and then anywhere I spilled over, I
2: just touched up with the uh, primer. Very nice. The stripes, did you do the, uh, those freehand or you mask and airbrush?
1: So those are masked and then painted. Um, okay.
2: Yeah. It works. Very nice. Works,
1: works pretty well. Yeah. I use, I've got some of the, the Tamiya, uh, pin striping mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. There's, it it was a fun little project. The next one I'm gonna do is going to be a um a commercial version. So you wanted me to do like a civilian, which is this one, and then like an, an actual Freightliner commercial ship for the next one. Um, and then the last one is gonna be a military one that has like a freaking turbo laser mounted to it. Red. So it'll it's 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 a fun little, you know, little side project. It's like painting the Battlefield Gothic ships. So Yeah, been a busy week, and I think I don't think he has them up this week, but I think by next week he's going to have the pre-supported stills, at least for the base model, uh, ready to go. Nice. So there we go. Frank, what have you been working on?
0: Well, I think it's me next, actually. I I jumped the line. Uh, How dare you. I know, right? Uh, So I've been working on assembling my CEF, because uh, we're talking about we played a game of heavy gear, over the weekend uh, on tabletop, and I was like, "Well, we actually have to put it on the tabletop now." So, right, I've assembled uh, a couple of CEF tanks and one. I think that's an F two twenty five. Hard to say. Yep.
2: He's um, a dirty, dirty bastard with awful dice mechanics that make me hate him.
0: All of CEF seems to do that, though. So <laughs> yeah. CEF is serious. We'll talk about it more yeah. in the game, but man,
1: CEF is. They are the evil invaders from Earth.
0: They're
2: awesome. They, they, like said? like it like every when you look at the gears, like they are bristling with weapons. Where a CEF like just has one or two weapons, but man, they they hit really hard. The big gun. Yep. Yep.
0: Um, I have more stuff to assemble. I found I found my Grell Infantry Platoon. It was like stuck in my card sleeve box for some reason. So I found it, and I also found some heavy gear Arena stuff too, which I'm pretty jazzed nice. about. Um,
1: the arena uh, the the warriors you can get for the arena are pretty cool. The duelists. Yeah. It's kind of like a spec ops in your army.
0: Well, I mean yeah. it's also its own game system too, kind of like Aerostea. Yeah. So yeah. Um we should play it sometime. I have the rule book somewhere. I need to find that too. It's somewhere. They did
2: they did try to make a comparatively like 2010 uh version of that game and it like kind of stalled out in Steam uh, early access.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: It's but, the
1: only heavy gear game I haven't played.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, we should play yeah. it then. We'll play it together.
1: We
0: go. Um, I started working on my Prowler because I felt like I needed to give that guy uh, some some love on the table with his new rules, so that's happening. Uh, I'm also working on my MyaCast submission, but I can't show that because that would be against the rules. Uh, first time submitting to MyaCast, too.
2: Can
0: you tell us too. what it is? Yeah, I'm going um, to be doing a, a moderator picture. So, um, what was I, the category? It was anything that's linkable. Oh, there you go. Yeah, super easy. Their uh, their they, they, their their pitch for it was it's it's time to come together in unity. I was like, all right, that mm. seems that's good. Um, yeah, so I I did an actual um, conversion on my moderator with Pitcher, so I'll be submitting that. It won't win, but I just want to support them and and.
2: Hey, they do random stuff. Maybe it do. will win.
0: It, well, sure, but. I won't win D- best oh. painted for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Technicality, technicality. There All are right. like
2: three people who will win, who are possibly right. consider for best winning. Uh,
0: I also finished my Interventor, finally. Um, very nice. I'm I'm very happy with the face. Uh, that's the best face I've ever done. Uh, we'll see if I can at least hold that level of quality. Uh, I won't I won't claim to try to exceed that, but I'm very happy with it. Uh, and I gave Why her. Not? I gave her kind of like a mermaid hair thing, which is not the best executed, but I'm 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 happy with it. Could be could be better, but you know I'll I'll continue continue working on it. It's a start. Yeah, it's a start. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what I've been doing. Uh, yeah, I I put Frank at the end because I didn't want to follow Frank. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was like, if I
1: look at the show notes, John,
2: we, I I wanted to go in ascending order of Asianness.
0: Oh, okay. I'm happy.
2: For <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but you, you, you you disrupted that yes. um, yeah so uh, N4 um, ruined my ISS plans because formerly I had a completely I had a complete ISS force except for Sniper Sun because uh, I was like ah, who's ever going to put this guy on the table and then Davis and Dakinis and I'm like alright I have to paint all these guys and look at, look at the way I'm halfway to playing Oss so um, you know, um I have a Scylla and Draculas box, um yes, they're steel i um I won the steel 300 point starter um Excellent. It was, it, yeah, I, I won the it was a it was a tournament where um you got a raffle ticket every time an opponent scored a crit against you, oh my gosh, okay, and i I got. Twenty-two raffle tickets over three oh, no. games. No. Was, oh, over three games. <laughs> over three games. It was heinous, but I got. But hey, I walked away with the three hundred point steel box, which is you know now it's a OOP etc. But yeah, I I bought I bought the cylinderio's box, and I was like, hey, these guys are davis whatever they're Davas.
0: That's a that's so. a brilliant tournament thing, though,
2: Adam. We should we should
0: steal yeah, that. Yeah, I'm I'm one hundred percent stealing that. <laughs> I, I
2: yeah, it like <laughs> it, it 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 really was um a nice bomb on the the sting of that day, um, but yeah, so uh you know Davis Davis are now available in ISS they can Harris uh they're a great lieutenant option mm-hmm. um. If, if an obvious lieutenant option, um, I have a story about that to relay later, um, but yeah, if you want to progress to the next slide, I also went ahead. I used to have just one bikini because it was my paramedic bikini, which could also proxy as an HMD bikini. But now I can have a Harris of bikinis, or rather, right. two bikinis. I was so you'll see on the right there. I uh, converted one of them to be holding um, one of the ALEF snipers, so I can run the double sniper uh, yeah Nice. That seemed to very much in fashion and three. Um, so yeah, I have a butt ton of Dakini's. Um, if you go onto the, I think it's the next slide. Yep. There's my Deva who's standing in with us as a sofatec' Cause I absolutely despise the old soft sculpt. <laughs> and, I, and I figure if I want to run the Deva, um, as, as a Deva in, um, in vanilla or, uh, or in steel, um, the, the nano forge at her, Feet, um that's not even glued on i can just take that off and she is what she is
0: oh nice is that's that clever.
2: what that
1: thing is supposed to be like a nano forge
2: that's that is that is what i have heard it's it's like that housing unit for all of her repair and healing nano machines. that is that is
1: the first explanation i've ever heard for that and usually for me what it is is a cool bit to use on something else <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep wow well there you go um, it's functional yeah and so, uh, also in my painting queue, um, I've been uh, trying to, I've been playing online on TTS uh, Bushido, which I've been really enjoying. Um, Bush- I got into um, Bushido and the Relic Blade Kickstarter, and what's nice about both of those is that they're played on 2 by 2 tables, and after I built a fully painted um, Cosmica uh, set on a 4x4 table, I never, ever, ever want to do that again, but the uh, terrain bug hasn't quite yet gone away. I still want to do terrain stuff, um, and doing a two by two that is—you can really invest like time and effort and make some really beautiful stuff. That 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 photo there—that's not mine. I wish that's my uh, friend uh, Matt Lechtenberg. Um, but yeah, you like you know with some flock and some carving out of some foam and some water resin uh, and like just a couple three D printed. Um, pieces of terrain and some aquarium plants, you can make like just an insanely beautiful board. So that's uh, that's also on my, um, hearing that, that's also my to-do list. Hearing that
1: Bushido is played on a two-by-two board is probably like the biggest endorsement I've heard for the game now. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> just because it's like, I really, really love terrain projects.
2: Yeah, and, and, uh, and, and, and like literally two-by-two is Mathematically, one fourth the size of a four by four. Yeah, like that's, <laughs> say that's nothing, easy. Yeah, like to say nothing of this. like I, the four by four I made, um, I have two extra squares that are like, just not quite done. Cause I want, I I have a, cause six by four is also a common table size. So mm-hmm. I like, I'm almost done with the six, six four version of the table, but then just squeezing that all down into just like one of the two by two uh, insulative foam squares you can get at Lowe's or, um. Home Depot, like oh, that's 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 easy. Anyone can do that. Like you yeah. can do that over a couple weeks and have that, and have something like really complex and really beautiful at the same time. So I'm looking <laughs> yeah. forward. to
1: as uh, yeah. as Obi mentions, like uh, like he and I have made bigger display boards for our 40k armies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> how how many it, models it, is Bushido? Bushido is like uh, seven models. Like the the Spam faction is the Bakemono, where you have a lot of goblins. I think that's like. Up to fifteen, so like smaller, smaller than infinity. Mm. Um, mm. and and it, it, Bushido is largely a flat game, so you know, infinity, like even if infinity weren't four by four, the fact that the, the three dimensionality of the terrain is like it's a significant component to both building and painting. Bushido is like it's flat, you know, so right. the line of fire stuff that you have is just you know either MDF terrain or just like two or three buildings, if that, and some trees, like you're pretty much set.
0: Nice. It's yep. pretty cool. Yeah.
2: And then, um, what unfortunately arrived in the mail. Um, I've been talking to a couple. Um, I hate Kickstarters. I love Kickstarters, but I also hate them um, because <laughs> I, I just like weird? I can just get severe uh, FOMO, uh, fear of missing out, and you know it's like oh this is such a good deal and miniatures really tend to. Preserve value, and for what it's worth, the the kickstarters that I've got that I've gotten that I haven't wanted to keep, I've at least recouped my cost. So like, there there is that okay. which doesn't okay. which doesn't help my decision making. But I just got um two two like three um yeah well two foot two foot by two foot boxes of Bloodborne, um, and they're just loaded with uh, with miniatures, and they're going to sit in their shrink wrap for uh for a long time, and it's kind of <laughs> distressing. Um, I know a couple uh, a couple episodes ago, you guys mentioned Obsidian Protocol, and oh my god, that's probably like, of yep. all the Kickstarters I've done it to, that's the one that I'm like, legitimately like, I, I can't wait for that. So, yeah. Did so, you back it? Yeah, I, I went in all. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I did too. And, and I'll tell you the moment, I'll tell you the moment that made me go all in, because the mechs were cool. The mechs are like the coolest mech figures I've, I've ever seen. I'm so down with that aesthetic, especially the fact that they're modular. But mm-hmm. the moment that got me to go all in was uh, when they were doing the gameplay video. Sure. And the guy, one mech, spat out some missiles. Yes. And they had literal missiles on yes. the board. And then he's like, okay, and this is how far they move. And, and that immediately contextualized yep. the yep. gameplay. Yep. That, like This is not like ponderous like, battle tech. This is like anime blistering like eight seconds of like the most beautifully animated like eight seconds of an entire <laughs> twenty minute episode that yeah. you could see. like you did like crazy, amazing shit happens, and then they like it's done. I was like, that's awesome, like seeing the missiles like fly across the board and the other guy trying to shoot them out down. I was like i i'm I, I really I really hope the game is that the game is good um from what it sounds like, it does sound like that they're taking playtesting and design and the design iterations very seriously. So I like, I have, I, I, I like almost dare not set my expectations too high. I, I have hopes, but I like, I, I need to like put it out of my head and not think about it. Cause my, my pile of shame, my pile of shame t- painting shame is just monstrous <laughs> as is.
0: I, I think everybody says, what was that movie that is like, the, it's, Oh God, it's, it's, you know, of course it's like a young girl piloting an anime uh, probably, probably yeah. in Mecca, but like that's every single one oh, that but, one but but like she has to go far away and she has like a phone in her mech cockpit and she's like texting her boyfriend who is getting like really old <laughs> because like you know the relativistic speed difference and all that time difference and all that right oh god yes voices the, from the, a distant the, star yes exactly that one
2: I've never heard of this is this good is it good or it's is very it, like, short terrible, but... it's very uh-huh. short
0: uh, and it's 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 enjoyable I liked it I love it but...
1: Ruben was on top of that yeah
0: yeah I thank you <laughs> but um but the 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 uh whatchamacallit um oh come on that's the best image that you can give me all right there's there's the image um that's what it looks like but uh the the mech mech was it it, like
2: 12 episodes no no
0: it's it's a movie it's like a it's like not even a feature-length movie it's pretty short it goes by quickly the music is good and there's like the all the moments of you know bajillion missiles appear energy blades chopping alien warships in half with mm-hmm. an energy blade kind of nonsense so yeah there's the that's that's the thing adding,
2: adding it to my wish list
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's a good time yeah uh, but then we got this thing i don't know what uh, this was in the in the queue <laughs> oh, as <well>. so, so,
2: <laughs> so uh i got well, one and also in my human in, uh kickstarter Pilot shame well, human up, interface human interface Gotcha. and uh i don't i don't happen just i don't happen to own an asura yet and I was looking at these guys, and I was like, "This, huh. these are my Asuras. These are Armor Five. Fuck you up, yep, cyber guys. Right? Yeah. So, yep. th- these are not these are not my paint jobs. This is from um, Epsilon Miniatures. This guy just does, does amazing work. But I wanted to include these just because I'm excited about. I, I have these in hand, and when I get to painting Asuras and like all the proxies, I thought I was close to having my 300 point OS list done, but no, proxies are a thing. Um, yeah,
1: those models are super cool. I really like the human interface stuff.
2: Um, yeah. Their unit 9 Patreon is, is, has some really quality stuff. Yeah, they
0: really
1: yeah I them. think that's the way to do it. I've had less than positive experiences trying to mail order from them.
2: Their, um, their customer service is not good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but their miniatures are gorgeous if you like yeah. cyberpunk.
2: And they are, they are at like 100% absolute cyberpunk aesthetic. They fit perfectly within the Infinity Universe.
1: Yeah, no, Johnny Silver might be like, one of my favorite minis they've done like the, yeah. the big guitar with the Morlock, and
2: yeah yep
1: yep yeah. might have to be a Morlock. um <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah perfect
1: so let's uh if that wraps up the hobby let's talk about some gaming that we've got done
2: yeah you want to talk about heavy gear or you want to talk about infinity first
1: uh let's talk about infinity first
2: okay right. uh, heavy gear will have to take a while um have you guys played anything since your last episode i have but uh you did too why don't you go first uh, sure. So I played, uh, I have not gotten a, nearly as many N4 games in as I've liked. Um, I got ISS down for the second time. Um, and so far in every game that I've played, hacking actually has not played a big role. And I'm just like waiting for, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so uh, my opponent, a good friend of mine, was running Vanilla Combined. And I'm like, I, I, like with bit and kiss and animate thematic and or corante hackers. I'm like, I have to be prepared for hacking, and i have to be prepared for Subsiders. So I brought like as few cubes as I could in ISS. I brought, um, I brought three Wu Ming, a Zanying, uh, mad traps, and a and a crane hacker um, in the core link, um, a bunch of Kwong-Chi... And then I was like, okay, if an avatar or something like comes stomping across the table, I need to slow them down somehow. So I brought um, Ji Zhuang for more mad traps. I brought um, uh, Authorized Bounty Hunter with the Acrolet and Luna, um, and that was and uh, the Deva, the Deva LT. I was like, okay, the Deva LT with the with the bot is gonna be obvious, mm-hmm. but I will save her for my reserve deploy so I can like deploy her as safely as possible and. Surround her with, you know, mat traps and um, repeaters for hacking. Um, oh, and I had the uh, Pangoling Evo to Fairy Dust. Um, to, yeah, to Fairy Dust. Um, and so uh, my opponent won the roll, and he... So I made him deploy first. And again, this was panic room. Um, I, he deployed, let's see, uh, two R's, two R-drones, a Q, two Ikadrons, a Macrep Sniper. Hey, that's worth some points and bit and kiss. And mm-hmm. I was like, that is so many points missing. Oh my God. There's, there's an avatar coming. I'm convinced there's an avatar. There's an avatar and something else off of coming, probably avatar speculo. And I was so fixated on the avatar. And so, so I deployed very, very defensively. Um, I saved that Deva LT for my reserve. Um, I d- deployed uh, pretty much everything in a, in a very dense pocket, with the, the crane hacker um, extended just a just a little bit in that short eight inch deployment zone to take hacking AROS, and because um, I brought the the Ming, um, tin bot, um, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
2: so so yeah so if if he if he wanted to shoot a picture and, and hack me I would I would hope to stand a pretty good chance, um, and uh, and mad traps surrounding anything, and uh, he faked me out, um, very much. It was not an avatar at as at all. The reserve the, the reserve deploy was current HMG because he had a Sphinx deployed, but I it, my brain never, with eight models on the board. Sure. I thought it was an Avatar with holding back two. But no, it was a Sphinx was already deployed and the reserve was just the curranted. Mm. And um he spent the first turn ramming the Sphinx down my throat, got it into my deployment zone. Um the the face to faces that happened, like I, I don't mind losing face to faces, but like he's like, okay. Uh, the um, I'm gonna fire the acrolat in the arrow, and Luna's gonna take a shot, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna dump all shots into the Acrolat. Um, uh, and so Luna's unopposed, uh, with range and MSB one and everything. She's shooting on flat, Smart. and she she misses. Oh, uh, no. every, everyone's everyone's like you know like yes, he's BTS six, but damage fifteen viral. They could have gotten bullets yeah, right? on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was bad. It was bad, and he just made uh he he got around the central panic room. And then made a beeline for the Deva LT, mm-hmm. and um, he had one because he had my my saving grace was he had deployed. Well, it wasn't a saving grace because he, spoiler alert, he killed my Deva LT. Uh, <laughs> he put me in the lost lieutenant for his turn. Uh, but what helped me marginally was the fact that he hidden deployed, so he didn't generate his aware order. So which oh. helped, which helped deceive me. But mm. uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, mm-hmm. he was on his last order he was like i can move 6 inches here and get get um get line of fire on your de- on your deva um and so the arrows that i was like okay quanshi are going to chain rifle you expecting nothing to happen nothing did uh, the deva is going to dodge and ji zhuang um from downtown across the dz he got he actually succeeded off of of a ford observe deva i think is either ph 10 or ph 11 she missed her roll by one and then he triple crit the Dave. I was like, oh. like, I know she's gonna die anyway. But when that many crits like come rolling across the board, you're like, can please? <laughs> can I just? Can I have a chance? And and you didn't even get
0: um, the raffle ticket this time around, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Yes, yes, that's true. I didn't, I didn't get the raffle ticket. Um, yes. So Dave, Dave is dead. That was the last word of the turn. But the match trap did land him and did immobilize him. But I'm still nervous about you know resetting or sorry dodging um, out of uh, tearing the glue off you know so um, uh-huh. I have th- I have three command tokens I dump every single one of them into my core link to bring my to just advance my Wu Lin- Ming link up a little bit and bring the boarding shotgun um, within eight inches she's sh- he's shooting uh, three on nineteens so armor piercing and it takes it takes two orders it takes one order to get into position two orders of firing. And I managed to bring the Sphinx down, and I'm just basically just repositioned in fifth around. Um, then he uh, brings a corrupted HMG, swings around, murders pretty much almost anything it looks at. If he, I, my wooming SMG does get a crit off on the corrupted and does two wounds against it, putting oh, into him into a wound thing. impact, which was fantastic. Yeah. And in that same order, he he was he took two unopposed shots from the Zanyang Breaker rifle. Breaker rifles are great. They, that's it's, armor it, so Yeah. Yes. Whiffed both of them. <laughs> I was like, come on, you need nines, please. You need nines. Uh, so he he, he killed <laughs> he killed two members of the link, bringing it down to three. But he had two wounds on him, so I really couldn't complain that much. Um, he swung his uh, Q drone around to to give me grief. Um, my last turn was um, spent. Uh, sorry, my second turn was spent. Um, dealing with a Q drone with the with a crane hacker using burst four uh, within sixteen inches, um, we he got two crits off me again, but I got one crit in my two crits in reactive and one crit in reactive, so nothing happened. And then I spend another order and bounce it out, and I got um, two Wu Ming and Ji into into the panic room. No one's entered the panic room up until now, so I get um, I get two. I, I'm now two points. Two versus zero, even though like mo- I'm just surrounded by corpses. Um, and then uh, his last turn, he swings an ichodron in, uh-huh. and you would think um, you would think PH thirteen makes for good dodging. Uh, uh-huh. I think I rolled between six and eight dodges. I failed every single one. Just <laughs> double flamethrower, double. Flamethrower. I like Ji Shuang looked out. He tanked both flamethrower rolls. The first order, then, uh, then he got burnt to a crisp. The Wu Ming, like tank one failed another, like just chipping away. Or he, but everyone failed all of their dodge rolls. Um, oh, that's heartbreaking. Until, yeah, and then like, like, like again, like if he was. I tell myself I would feel better if, like, if I dodged on a two and then he like pistol shot me, dealing wounds. I was like, oh, okay, like mm-hmm. that was fine, right, like sure. at least... yeah, 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 <laughs> right, you know. But like, just failing PH thirteen rolls is just, just brutal. And um, he, he, uh, he told me after the game he was feeling very cagey about losing the Karanta just because it was so many points.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so, uh, so he didn't. So he wound up, he wound up finishing his turn with finishing uh, his third turn with um, Dr. Worm and the Ikhidron in the panic room. And the my sur- the only thing I had surviving when my turn came around was the Wuming HMG, a Kuang Shi, two Kong-Shi, and Shi, and uh, my uh, Pangoling Evo, who was um, nestled against the uh, beacon antennae that protect mm-hmm. you from the ever-increasing biotech force zone. So I had four models left, but I was like, Dr. Worm is either twenty twenty or twenty-two points and the is nine. My Wu Ming HMG is thirty-seven. I yeah. have the room. Right. I have the room. So I have two points from round one, one point from down two, and the corpse of the Sphinx is still there. And I had draw I had drawn extreme prejudice. <laughs> so my Quan Chi just went and got yeah. Extreme Prejudice. Right. I was like, all right, I'm done. Four three. I won without for a single second feeling that i had was ahead in the game at all i was just getting ground into dirt um and i somehow won won by a single point so that was uh that's that's you know that's the emotional roller coaster yeah. that, <laughs> that is that is infinity is in a nutshell right? <laughs> yeah. <Goal. laughs> yeah exactly and never was- never forget the objective yeah, it was, it, but it was so rough that I was like, I. It still doesn't feel like I won. Like sometimes you have like from behind wins that you like feel very clever. You do something unexpected, When I was just, I don't, I don't know how that happened. Right. <laughs> I'll take it. But yeah.
0: Well, well done, well done. John, how Goodness. did you? Goodness. Well, uh, I played Power Pack for the infinity bajillionth time, because um, Tony is preparing for a tournament and we played on one of these like weirdo maps that like is half outside half inside which is odd and very visually distracting but it was in- it was interesting the power pack deployment zones were utter garbage for both sides um which is not surprising most maps are are bad for power pack um our pack has the sat zone in the middle yeah and then it's a split deployment right so um yep. Yep. so after after uh, the uh, last week's episode with Riven uh, I decided that I wanted to play some combined, so I did. Uh I brought a bit of a weird list, I guess. Uh let's see here. Oh, this is Well, anyway, I will I will sort that out later. But um okay. Yeah, so it's a Nexus Lieutenant because I don't know, I needed points. Uh Paravimishon cause duh, Caliban Engineer with two slave drones, uh the dropsuit taryot guy, who I am absolutely in love with after this game. Um two shrouded hackers, a malignose KHD because uh, I wanted to do the missile trick. I don't know. It seemed reasonable. Mm-hmm. And then all the drones in group two with the Speculo. So Q, E, R, T.
2: You're skewing midfield. Which is, yes. Yes. Which I don't see often with vanilla. No. Like, it's totally, totally like an obvious way to skill, but I just don't see it on the table often. That's
0: interesting. Yeah um and then my opponent no, was playing a QK lot of midfield there's all kinds of yeah, weird double. stuff yeah it's just, it just depends what you've been to playing uh so he brought a five-man uh Jambizan link starting with the Jambazan lieutenant uh not a Havza, just like a straight up here's a Jambazan. it's a lieutenant uh hmG Sekben hrL rouhani and an Odalesk. all real no hollow projector nonsense double yon-yon, and then in group two was a Kaplan Bill Harris with uh just a vanilla Kaplan uh, and the Spitfire. Uh, and then he had a like a random Havza, who he disguises as Layla, uh, and then two Ahawa Abashi, who did he disguises a warcore, because that's his like favorite thing to do, and then another Yanyan. Yan. So if you want to watch it, it's on the thing. Um so yeah, this got me real good, right? So he actually put um so he put the he put the Havza uh down right in in his deployment zone on the left there. And the Havza cannot join the Sekban Harris. Sorry, sorry, the Kaplan Harris um so it was kind of weird to have layla basically on the back table edge just chilling there by herself right and i was like that has to be his halves of lieutenant right so i put the speculo right there and i murdered it's her like a, it's
2: like a double fake out <laughs> like, right yeah exactly the, yeah, yeah 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 so he was like he's like
0: i'm gonna put this here and uh it's gonna it's gonna get the speculo and it did get the speculo i killed the spe- i killed it with the speculo and then i had a bad face to face with bill and lost the speculo oh well um clearly so, clearly i
1: can't brilliant. drink the glass in front of me right yeah exactly that's that's 100 <laughs> percent what happened
0: uh and then um and then i dropped the tariat on top of his war core, which made me feel real good uh and then i shot a yinan in the back it passed all of its armor saves which was a big pain in the butt uh but then i shotgunned um the jambizan hmg off the table that felt pretty good um yeah and then i just sort of Beat the crap out of him for a bit. Then he yon-yon me, and it was kind of like whatever. Uh And then I just sort of lost focus and, and didn't push all the buttons when I needed to do. You can read the details of the game later, but basically, neither of us did anything for two turns, Uh and because he went second, <laughs> he won. Familiar. Yeah, he just won because he went second, and that's basically the story of Power Pack. Uh, unless you unless you really be are aggressive, <laughs> I attempted to be. I put a shrouded on top, watching his Link team, uh, but I what I sh- and tried to spotlight missile him. Um, but that was a mistake. What I should have done was I should have just like shot at a bunch of crap with the shrouded, especially that damn Yangon, which eventually killed it. Um, but like laying mines, yeah. laying mines down, the that fact kind that of stuff.
2: Shrouded are shrouded being BS12 is just like that's that's really good.
0: It's <laughs> really good. Shrouded, shrouded <laughs> are, are rad. I'm I'm a huge fan. I I gotta say right like, uh, having started playing combined, I I don't know why I wasn't playing them at the beginning. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: They're really it's... fucking good infiltrator, and I think they're PH twelve as well, which is also like pretty fucking good. Yeah,
0: I like I like wasted in my the reason why it's called uh, Quagmire of Kaplan was because on my second turn, right? This looks pretty good, so he pushes Bill and uh, the Kaplan all the way up against this like round building thingy, uh, and there was a mm-hmm. malignos, like literally right there. So of course I wa They're facing directly forward. I walk past them and drop a mine, and then the Kaplan proceeds to pass like the next six armor saves uh, as I shoot at it. And eventually what I have to do is I get an on there and then I spotlight it with my Lieutenant and then I drop a missile on it and that did it. But like, it's just like die, stupid Kaplan, like six orders did later. You, did you get an yeah, opportunity
1: uh, to re to regen the shrouded? Because really that's the I best did, part I did and
0: I failed the roll.
1: No. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's 60%, you know, like it's yeah. not.
0: Yeah. But still i was I was very 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 disappointed um yeah. but i i I know exactly what I did wrong um i I feel confident and I could play the same lesson and do much better. Most of it was just I was too chicken shit to put the uh put the um uh uh Caliban into the fight. I just sort of like it was very passive with them and I shouldn't have been um so that was basically the the reason why i I, I, did, I wasn't I wasn't aggressive enough basically, and I should have pushed harder instead of like trying to do the tricks and stuff so anyway that was that was the game. It was it was fine, but uh, I I definitely made some mistakes.
2: Taliban are just upsettingly good. Yes. <laughs> <They're
1: so laughs> okay, John. So you told us that you were absolutely insulted and in love with the Targot. Yes. You, well, you didn't tell us anything about the Tariot, did?
0: I did. It it killed oh, I it, it, it. I dropped it on the bosh. Right, yeah. And then uh, okay, um, yeah. Right, so. Yeah. I dropped it on the Bashi. I shot the Yanyan in the back with the boarding shotgun. It was just did, out of A. Did you
2: know that it was the warcore this time? Or, like, suspect?
0: Yeah, I did. Because, I mean, like, people put workers out to ARO. This one was not out to ARO. So I was just like, this is probably oh, okay. a. Yeah. And he'd done it before. Yeah. So I dropped it right on it. And I was like, I got to get. So right. in Power Pack, you murder the specialist. So I was like, this is a specialist because it's probably the Bashi specialist. So I was like, no Bashi mm-hmm. specialist for you. Boom, splat, done. Then I was like, okay, nice. time to go murder Ruhani. And my game plan was kill the Yanyan. Uh, to give me some, like, working room, right? So then I shot the ion in the back. It didn't die, and I was like, shit. Uh, so I was in Chan Rifle range now, and it spun around. So I was like, I get one shot at this, so I just, like, YOLO'd in and dropped two boarding shotgun templates on Ruhani, and I got to cover the gotcha. and HMG at the same time, right? So that, I felt like, was worth it, right? So here's here's a shot of that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, here it is, right? So so the Yanyan is like right off screen here, like right below this like green pillar thing, Uh, and so I walked around the green pillar thing to drop this, drop this double shotgun thing down, and everybody shot at me and didn't dodge except for uh, um, the Jambazan HMG was dropped out of the link, and the other Jambazan, who was his lieutenant, made sense to dodge. Um, Yeah. Gotcha. So between the Odalask, the Ruhani shooting at me and the, and the onion chain rifling me, I lost the dropsuit, but I managed to take out the Jambazan HMG. So that was good. I would have preferred to kill Ruhani. I did put a wound on it and then he healed himself up later. But, um, uh, yeah. So I don't know. So
1: how many points is that? Uh, is that Tariot?
0: 21, 22, something like that.
1: That's pretty freaking cheap.
0: I can tell you exactly. Uh,
1: did you take the 20, you take the, the paramedic? Or I did the not. Line? I didn't
0: have the points. It was like a, like a couple point difference. Uh, and And yeah 20
1: 22 points it can drop in there like you said mm -hmm. boarding shotgun it could be a specialist that has explosion
0: i don't think you need the specialist i think i think it's definitely uh after after you know listening to um the white nose guys talk about was it white noise White noise talked about the illusion and i was like yeah i Mm -hmm. i really do want a delete button delete buttons seem good (laughs) give me more of those please (laughs) i would like i would like a cheap one at 22 so i i did that and then oh like this was so heartbreaking right so I, I had uh I had the dropsuit and I had the uh the speculo, right? And then I, I lulled Tony into a false sense of security. security. I was like, Okay, there's no way he's gonna he's gonna remember that I have a uh cubeager and he didn't know. And so this was great. He advanced his whole link up past the center line, basically, and I dropped in a cube right behind him and I shot Ruhani in the butt. And I was like, This this should go well and then of course because he was still in a link with four with four people, he was able to shoot back and he flashballs me. I was like
2: <laughs> John, I'm stunned you
0: didn't emitter him. I I did emitter him later, actually.
1: Um,
0: (laughs) So, uh, Ruhani Ruhani tried to push the button and failed in full view of the Cube Jaeger, an Icadron, and an E drone. And he survived all of that and then did it again. I emittered him again. He survived that. And finally, on the third try, he finally rolled below a 15 and and <laughs> yeah, got the nice. got the antenna and i emitted him them finally so I was just like
2: Jeez. that's
0: so sad yeah and 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 ruben's right it's easy to dodge the explosion but uh it just it just feels good to do the thing
2: um yeah, like, I well, say, like nice. generally it works out to like a one fourth uh 25 chance of like actually doing something but still something like it can, for something that can have such a change the trajectory of a game so drastically for yeah. the expense of one order. Sometimes it's like, yeah, I'll let's take the gamble. It's well
1: cool. and it also it also forces it gives you control over what ARO they pick.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. I mean
0: and, and and it's definitely something to be said, right? Like it's it, it really depends on what you're dropping it on. Like don't don't drop it on like the Ankai That that's not a great idea. Don't do that. <laughs> but like an I'm intervention sure, lieutenant, right? that seems entirely reasonable. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, something that's dodging on like sixteens.
0: Yeah, don't <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, it's Except, like, don't uh, don't drop it on a revealed uh, liberto. That that seems bad.
2: Or or like um, tiger creatures or or, or a, <laughs> a crane, a crane spitfire with x visor that's likely to be a lieutenant. Like, okay, he'll do one damage and he'll likely chop yeah. you afterwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know,
1: for it's it's one more point than the was it the 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 cadmus, mm-hmm. and. For that point, you're getting a point of armor, you're getting six points of BTS. Um, are they still only one wound? Yeah, they're only, they're one, still wound. only one wound, yeah, but yeah. they are remote presence, so they have two levels right. of unconscious. Okay. They are remotes, so if you do have um, if you do have bitten kits on there and you can throw out a good repeater net, you could theoretically buff one.
0: Oh, that, that's that's a little silly. I don't know if you need to do that. Uh, I, I mean, I mean that's 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 sort of like my dream of running a Caliban with uh, with slave drone. And then, uh, and then running the Caliban <laughs> and the Slave Drone into close combat into combat, yeah, absolutely but unnecessary, it, totally a waste of points and orders, but really funny. Hey, if you burst
1: to discharge a, a a Sphinx or a Avatar in close combat or a Cutter, you know
0: that I suppose would be worth it, but it's it's still very silly.
1: It's a, it's a lot of work for something you just do in two orders.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Goodness, so. Infinity aside, we got to play a game of heavy gear
0: we did with
1: with Frank over a tabletop simulator um I basically sat in the corner and and don't mind me, you know, you guys just do your thing um but it was like watching you guys play um i I had a lot of fun
2: <laughs> like like i like this this came up in conversation like during the game um uh, but it like now that i'm aware of it yeah it really does strike me games that um kind of invite that constant back and forth of like decision making even when it's quote unquote not your turn and heavy gear like absolutely does that and i think in some ways like infinity very much you know the the aro system like is built into that but infinity though infinity is probably my favorite game but the one like quote unquote negative that especially maybe off putting to beginners is that it is entirely possible for if you go second and you go against an alpha striker for for basically you to never have your turn? you could be like, right. okay, well, I can choose single burst arrows or maybe burst two arrows here and there, and then all of a sudden I'm dead like because heavy gear is um, alternating squad based, so you're always going to actively do something unless you are like somehow magically and colossally stupid and literally just smash your guys into like a snowball of plastic and be like okay yes please rain rockets air, air, Well, that's, that's rockets what happened right, right now there. in this game we're yeah. watching
0: <laughs> so,
1: so um yeah let's let's save all the mechanic discussions for when we get there because we have plenty yeah. to talk about the game um but in terms of like this game so first you guys played a quick like three max on three max just to get
0: familiarize yeah. or, the mechanics yeah. yeah
1: um you know just like you would do with infinity right when you set up like. Three Fusiliers, just three Agua Cells. Yeah. Um, those poor Agua Cells always lose. Um, wow, wow. So, yeah, no, so did that, and then kind of set up a a little custom scenario just to control four objectives. And the gameplay is fast. Um, it, it, it went quicker than I expected it to, especially, again, with the lack of familiarity and the fact that we're playing with our feet by playing on Tabletop Simulator. Um
2: and the fact it, that we like even a demo game beforehand, like any doing two games of anything back to back, I don't know like especially yeah. on able to stop si is like a unique like kind of form of a brain drain, but like we got through it fine
1: <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. for, fortunately, John and I are pretty practiced at i guess the the neuroplasticity involved with just like randomly picking up a new game system, sure' be mm-hmm. like, cool, let's try this thing now like we'll yeah. we'll we'll figure out what the mechanics, we'll parse it in ways that we understand and then go um but yeah. even for. Yeah, you know, the game that was a demo, um, it felt like a game.
2: Yeah. Which is pretty yeah. fun. So yeah. I, I've I've given that demo to like three or four people and like almost every time it comes down to like uh like dice are somehow even with dice being dice, almost every time I give that demo, it comes down to like the last three actions in the last turn. Like it's almost mm-hmm. always interesting, like when you're fighting to control uh the four objectives.
0: Mm-hmm
1: yeah it's it was fun um so remember quickly we had cef versus i actually forgot what faction you're were playing Were you playing
2: south i was playing north this oh north this okay yeah i uh, like i i in the quote unquote like three or four games i played i consider myself uh myself a south player but i was like i'm uh, painting up north northern miniatures um and you oh, and I, I wanted to give you some incentive of seeing um because I know you you collect north. I wanted to see yep. you to see your guys on the table so you can, you know, get some ideas of familiar okay. familiarity yeah. of what they do.
1: Unfortunately, 90% of the reason why I play North is the ferret, and we didn't use any of those. But no, we didn't totally.
2: Why do you like <laughs> the ferret so much? I think you like got right. a hilarious little potato. Oh, they're <laughs> terrible. Like light light
1: rocket <laughs> light rocket launchers and a pack gun. Let's go. Like in infinity terms, that's like damage eleven guns. Like, come on, yeah. let's do this. But um, I think it was basically because I played South years before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I South doesn't have a butt wheel. Mm-hmm. You
2: know, yes, that's South, that is true.
1: Like like the iguana is you know, it's a cheetah, right? It's not a it's not yeah. a fair, you know, and and the Jiro came out as new coal and it's like that's butt wheeled rockets. I kinda like that. But <laughs> um, right. You know, it, you, you it do love fun.
0: your mono wheels, right? So like, you you like I your do. butt wheels in this game. You like your belly wheels in Judge Dredd. Oh,
2: in Judge Dread. Did you did you like the original Kumbikers with the mono wheels? If Adam hated played them. Hockey Islam, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. but you know,
1: I I I I hated them, but it wasn't because they were mono wheel. It's just because I thought they could have done more with the design. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's true. I do like I do like things that look hilariously ineffective.
0: <laughs> um, oh man That's uh, too good. yeah so
1: uh, i was always a south player before uh and it was mostly because the king cobra is yes. um but like my buddies who were playing north i was always uh secretly jealous of their ferrets and now yeah. that i have north i have like a dozen of them so i'm okay. okay um anyway so it was a really really enjoyable game like i said even for a demo game there was a lot of back and forth the alternative activation was cool. Um, the, the way I kind of describe it is we're in, if infinity, people say it's always your turn. I like to say in heavy gear, it's usually your turn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, like yeah. the, the game ended up being kind of one-sided mostly because uh, infantry is a thing in, in, in heavy gear. And if you don't bring the right weapons to kill them, they're actually quite resilient. Uh, yeah. so my in- I think
2: I think also also tactically those I think I very much chalk that up to my tactical error. Had I actually focused on your actual mechs, I think it would have been because your your infantry were certainly annoying, but they were doing like com- comparatively chip damage to me. Sure. Had I yeah. prevented those horrible horrible laser like advanced laser weapons yes, yes. from burning <laughs> my guys up to a crisp and actually focused on like putting those guys down because yeah. you know as like um. At one point uh, in the game, um, John had one of his guys uh, hiding in the forest, and I was like, "You know what? Yolo! I'm gonna run at you with my uh, with my knife, my blade, and I actually like did three wounds in a single roll and put it to crippled because um, um, yep. in heavy gear, every every, every yeah every, every unit has two health stats, hull and then structure. Once you are out of hull, you are considered uh, and you're on structure, you're considered crippled. Um, in some instances, this means uh, some of your uh, you, some of your abilities straight up go away, like the comms heavy units, like you, your satellite dish is broken. Um, but broadly, it means that uh, you are at a uh, a dice um, minus one dice penalty.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, right. So crippling someone like has long term effects for however long they're um, they're alive. For sure. And if had I had I just focused on your guys and did that earlier, I think I, like I, my my own guys would have lived far longer. But Whoa. i was so like, consumed with like, infantry are really resilient. I need to dedicate resources to put them down so they don't take the objective. And they did what they need to do. They sapped my attention away from your heavy hitters, which roasted me to pieces.
1: Right, so before we, uh, before we get dangerously close into, sure. uh, into the, the mechanics of the game, um, again, it was, you know, it was a demo game, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was really nice to jog my memory uh, of the game, man, that I've apparently, like, looking back at the games I've been playing, Like I've been playing that since, like, 1997.
2: So, <laughs> off and on. What, what kind of much
1: character off did you on. play in the RPG? I have no freaking clue. Like, <laughs> you don't remember? I, I honestly don't remember what character I played 23 years ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> so, I think uh, I think with that, John...
0: Are you ready? I am ready. Here we go. Let's see who wins the thing. Hey, Nene. Nene. You have won the giveaway.
1: There we go. So, Nene, uh, go ahead and send an email over to adam at thediceofide.com, and I will give you the instructions on how to receive your sweet, sweet prize from, uh, from Mythic Games. Thanks, Ruben, who I think is still in the chat providing that
0: mm-hmm. Yay, yep. so if you if you want to just go there and uh do the thing the normal way right without uh, without a uh, gift certificate uh you can just go to moe-games.com and get some sweet sweet nerd things so
1: yep he is he has an excellent stock of infinity he is a distributor yep. so he also has all stuff-
0: kinds of other stuff um you know if you're into The GW things, he's all those things. If you're a magician and you like throwing cards around, those those things are also available. He's got those. Yep. And then, you know, random hobby supplies, other things. So, yep. He's good peeps. Definitely support him. And thank you. Thank you to Ruben for supporting us.
2: Thank you, (laughs) Ruben.
0: Without further delay, it's time for the main event.
1: (sighs) All right, guys. Let's talk about some heavy gears so this is a game i think that came out in 90 somewhere between like 95 96. um it is it came out it was a it was a role-playing game plus tactical game in the same book so imagine if the infinity role-playing game and the infinity um strategy game were the same core dice mechanics uh-huh. right came in this big fat book there's a, a lot of fun. There was a lot of really easy conversion from the RPG to the tactical game. And geez like it it, it was funny because it came out with kind of a big wave. Um, tons and tons of books, lots of supplements, a lot of those technical manuals. you know, if you like the Battletech technical manuals, the heavy gear technical manuals are manuals are very similar. Um, there was even like a kid's cartoon. That we can't show because YouTube yells at us when we demonetizes <laughs> yeah.
0: our
2: videos. Yep, it's also super bad. <laughs> it's, it's it's it's
0: hilara bad.
2: It's, yeah. it's so bad. It's 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 not like the Power Glove. It's so bad. It's so bad. Is so it yeah. not good? Yeah, um, it's it's not affectionate '90s nostalgia bad. It's just actually bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I've tried watching it.
1: I think I could get my daughter to watch it, uh, but I, as an adult, cannot. Um
2: <laughs> that seems cruel because they're like kids' media these days, kids actually do have like a wealth of options. Why would you subject her to that?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: because I need to, to build her childhood the exact way my uh, it was so if you think of if you think of infinity as the Spanish game designers take on anime, then heavy gear is the Canadian game designers take on, <laughs> mid, yeah. on mid-90s mech anime. Hmm. Right? It, it it works really well. Um, but, the game, so the game's been around for for a while. And what's funny is, like, a lot of people have heard of it. It's it's always there when you're at a game convention. You know, there's always the, the heavy gear table. Um, <clears throat> but they've uh, now, they're getting ready to launch their 3.0 edition of the Heavy Gear Blitz rules. Uh, Blitz being the now-separated from the role-playing game. Uh, tactical rule system. And then they're also getting ready to launch. I think it's the 4.0 iteration of the uh, role playing game rules. So mm-hmm. the, the cool thing is, you get both settings. And the nice, actually, one of the nice things about being a role playing game is that there's just this wealth of background. You know, which is.
2: Adam, do you remember what faction your character belonged to? North. Okay.
1: I, I remember that. I played a North something no idea um (laughs) i played so many role-playing games from high school through college like that's about as much details i'm gonna be able to get Mm -hmm. um so the the setting or about the about the amount of material available you know like the amount of fluff available for that game still blows infinity out of the water yeah um it's you can have a series bookshelf dedicated to it so that's really cool the universe is very well detailed Mm -hmm. um so i apologize for what i'm for for the information i'm about to share because it is based on 20 plus year old knowledge (laughs) (laughs) of the game plus like a light refresher course so (laughs) if i get anything wrong uh people in the chat just yell at me and tell me what i got wrong uh if you know and if you don't then uh Thank and then it's canon. <laughs> it's canon. Yeah, it's canon. Then everything I say is true and my memory is infallible. Um so the the general setting is it takes place on this planet called Terranova, which is a human colony in the 52nd century, which was occupied by Earth for like five centuries, I think. Um before Earth abandoned it. I Earth can't remember is, why. Earth is
2: bad guys, right?
1: Yeah, Earth is the bad guy in this setting, which is hilarious. Um those evil invaders from earth. So, uh, six centuries. Thank you, Obi. Um, so it was occupied by earth for quite a while. Earth pulled out massive power vacuum left in the wake, total anarchy. And then it kind of, as things started settling back out, it kind of formed into like seven different, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, powers that controlled the planet, the planet itself, the, the nice places to live are the North and South poles. So it is a warmer planet than earth. The water is mostly consolidated in the north and south. Um, Nine powers. Thank you, Obi. Obi It's mostly desert, right? It's mostly desert. So like across the equator of the planet um, is the Badlands. It is desert. You don't want to be there. It's a bummer. Um, But that's also where like a lot of the more minor. Yeah, Obi's just pulling shit out of. Thank you, Obi. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I hate you. It is seven, damn it. And it was five centuries, you jerk. So thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, the Badlands in the middle is just cracking up of there, isn't he? Um, so the Badlands in the middle are kind of where the more minor factions live. The North and the South are the two main uh, factions on the planet. Uh, it's because they live in the places where they have all of the you know the the agriculture and all the resources to live. Uh, it's it's temperate there. So um yeah the badlands in the middle you can see the map here it's cool they have a map i like that so the when we break it down to the factions the north um is the confederated northern city states they kind of did a flip right like the north is the south the south is the north um they are a kind of self it's ruled by a council There's are smaller city states within it uh somewhat feudal Re- they, they have a lot of religious zealots Um, they are in terms of like the game design, they're kind of the, the balanced mid ground of the army, right? Like this is kind of the starting point. Uh, they do have quite a few guided weapons though, which is really fun because this game handles guided weapons a lot more interestingly than I feel like infinity does. Um, so yeah, they're pretty cool. This is the faction I'm playing this time. They're box. They're the boxy mech faction. Uh, and then the not-boxy mech faction, the rounded original mech faction, <laughs> is the Allied Southern Territories.
2: Also, uh, the North, all the uh, mechs are named after mammals. In the yeah. South, all, all of them are named after reptiles.
1: There we go. For, so that's, I can tell apart. Yeah. Yep. Is it Yeah. Is it a Cobra or a Kodiak? Um, so the Allied South Territories is a puppet state controlled by the Southern Republic, which basically conquered the South and now they've like put up the the veil of democracy um but really all of the i can't remember what they call their their government but basically all the governors of the uh of the confederated of the southern um states territories there we go all the governors are appointed by the southern republic so the uh, democracy light um <laughs> democracy light. <laughs> you know, they're they're dedicated to honor that's their thing they've got a lot of well equipped uh, veterans and kind of in my, from my memory of it, they were a little bit faster. I
2: feel like than North. So North, um, there's also known as the southern, the southern mortar uh, wall. They have there's um, there's forward observing, which pretty much everyone can do in the game, just just like Infinity does. You forward observe and then you rain missiles down on it. Um, the South has abundant target designating, which uh, target designators are basically laser. Uh, laser guiding for your missiles. And one of the main South, uh, one that you'll see for the South is just, um, you see the three necks in the back in the image there. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those has some sort of either missile rack or giant mortar field gun. And uh, you'll see builds where uh, a bunch of these guys just hide behind a building, brace them. So they go into brace stands, they brace themselves, and they'll shoot out a little speedy guy with a with a laser. And then you will just have so many dice rolled at you from uh, from out of line of fire. Yeah,
1: that's that's actually kind of why I liked the South back in the day. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> because like, oh my guys are just going to hide behind rocks. Here's a bunch of iguanas that are going to target designate you. Yep. Um, and maybe that's kind of why I like ferrets because they're more disposable iguanas sometimes. Anyways.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So that's the North and the South. Those are like the big two factions. And then we get to the smaller factions on uh, on the planet. So the Peace River Defense Force is uh presumably neutral. Yeah. You know, they, they try to be neutral. Uh that doesn't necessarily go so well, especially once CEF starts, you know, starts coming down to the planet and causing problems. Um they <laughs> I, I just like that their faction symbol is a um is a peace yeah. sign
0: yeah. in a war game. <laughs>
1: um Uh, So I'm trying to remember the the like the three stems of the peace sign for them are like prosperity, pioneering and profit, (laughs) which are pretty, pretty enjoyable symbolically from somebody who's dedicated to. um, Yeah, to to neutrality, but their their troops are really well equipped, really well trained, Um, more high tech gears, I believe, than the north and south. So it's kind of a, a cool, slightly more elite army, but again, it's a it's a very similar army in a lot of ways. Knows, then, this
2: is, from the description, it sounds very 12 y. In a yeah, lot of ways, kind
1: of, yeah, kind of O twelve. I was thinking kind of you know very Swiss, very uh, not really UN, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, they 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 again they try to be neutral. They take money yeah. from everyone. That's really what their neutrality is. Um, so then there is the the new coalition, which is just abbreviated as. New coal, uh, which is unfortunately they are not coal miners. Um, that would be way better. But uh, so so they live in a in a large city in the Badlands that was occupied by CEF. Uh, they then pushed out CEF and kind of stuck it out on their own. Um, so again, CEF here being the the, the bad guy invaders, which we'll talk to in a minute. Their gears, they have a lot of hover. Yep. Which is cool, so most gears in the game have two movement modes. They can walk, like, a, you know, they're bipedal, Beetle.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Or they can switch to their ground movement, which is like treads or wheels or something to help them speed along, like, on their feet. They kind of, their lower bodies might transform a little bit. They're like uh, Heelys.
0: Yeah, they basically have yeah. Heelys, right? So if you've seen Me- sneakers Mech-Heelys. with wheels in them, that's what they are.
1: There's They're exactly giant mecha space Heelys which is way cooler than it sounds, or it's just as cool as it sounds. Um,
2: <laughs> I would be okay with either. There's, there's a Japanese anime called Votoms, and I don't know, off the top of my head, I don't know which one came first, Heavy Gear or Votoms, but like it's it's very, very similar with the the mechs with the Space healies rocking right. around.
1: Um, so they have access to Grells, which are basically, they're Fremen, right? <laughs> they're the... Uh, I believe, native inhabitants?
0: No, or no, they no, they're background of... soldiers. Oh, that's right. VAT-grown um, super soldiers. They're purple soldiers. skin VAT-grown soldiers.
1: Here we go. I don't know. Um, they're cool. So they have some growls that were left over after CEF pulled out. They also get access to, uh, to um, um, some of the abandoned hover tanks, like after CEF took off. I think they can also ally with the South. Yeah, they've got sand riders, like guys that ride big things called Barnabys, which is totally not, um, you know, like what are the the, oh god Banthas, right? They're totally not there. Star Wars. Yeah,
0: they have sand riders. uh, Basically, those are the Fremen, and and the the Grolls are the invaders. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. There we go. Uh, Thank you, Mr. F San One, for uh, clarifying that because yeah, again. 23-year-old recollection of this. So then we get to the Black Talons. The Black Talons are basically the uh, unified forces of of Terra Nova trying to put together their best fighters to keep CEF at bay and even, like, strike out at them in space. Uh, So they're they're often engaging in space combat. Their troops are kind of the best of the best of... um, of the terra nova i really like these guys they look super cool they're you know their gears have like boxier angles to make them look more stealth because angles help stealth profiles
0: i mean they, mm-hmm. they do not not these but <laughs> more, <laughs> yeah, these angles more, help more self. mathematically correct angles do yeah. uh they're, they're basically rainbow <laughs> six is probably the yeah yeah
1: uh super elite everybody's a veteran which means they get rerolls, which is rad yeah uh, they all have stealth. So in this game, you're really uh, dependent or you're often dependent on your sensor range, which is like zona control and infinity. And they make that worse for you. So uh, they'll they think they all basically have infinity infiltration uh, with their airborne deployment. So yep. lots of rapid insertion, lots of sneakiness, lots of ECM, super spooky. They do some cool stuff. So and then let's see here. Oh, John, you had uh, you had some stuff in here. What did you find?
2: ECM standing for electric electronic countermeasures, I think, is what it stands for. That's right.
0: Yes. Uh, I think I'm not sure what's in here. I did not put it in here. That, that been, might have been. F- that might. might have been Frank.
1: No, yeah, that's not me. Say? Well, we'll talk about that later then. Um, anyway, so just some a Patreon mention. I was like, really? Is this a? Oh no, the
0: Patreon cool mention. No, sorry, sorry.
2: Go, go back there to it. There we go. Go back, go back. I, I can talk about that. Uh, do you. Uh, where sure. Is it?
0: Uh, buttons. I can push buttons. There we go. Boom.
2: Yes. Okay. Game. Game. Mini garage. Um, I think I have some screenshots of what this guy does. This is. Um, this is. I think his name is Kayuno Otameshi. Um, he's like Japan's number one heavy gear fan. Um, and he also <laughs> does. Uh, that, that's a big does, claim uh, to be Japan's number one fan of anything. Right? I. 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 If there is another bigger fan of. Uh, if there is a bigger Japanese fan of heavy gear, then he is not very good at promoting himself because even uh, <laughs> Mr. Otsumeshi's, uh posts make it very clear that I, I haven't seen anyone to outdo them. He does uh, 3D modeling, and the reason I brought him up uh, in the Black Towns part is because he made these dope jetpacks uh, that you can 3D print for your Black Talon uh, miniatures. Yes, there they are for his... Uh, oh,
1: health, health super
2: and uh, this is actually looking through this is actually what made me uh, give me my idea for um, the monstrous makings uh, prize. He made a whole uh, a collection of hands in various uh, you know. Oh yeah, 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 there you go, right there. That yeah, that you can give your your gears uh, much more natural um, natural. Uh, That's hand. pretty cool. Might have to get my buddy to prep me off some of them hands. Yeah, yeah. Then there there's the he has the jetpacks that you can give your guys, which is rad. That is very pretty cool.
0: Neat.
1: So I think I think thematically, um, if you if you're a 40k player, they're kind of like somewhere between like Death Watch and Green Knights. Like they're super elite. They're the defenders. Everyone and you know, all the factions uh, donate into them to try to keep CEF at bay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they're pretty cool. And then on the opposite end, you've got the League List, which I couldn't even find an appropriate picture for, um, but they are basically the mercenaries and outcasts. They live outside of the major leagues in Ter- Terra Nova. I think entirely or mostly in the Badlands. They're nomads. They have a mix of mechs that they either scavenge or buy or trade for. Um, a li- very limited selection of units, but they can mix them. So they uh, are kind of like uh, like Toha, right? Like You make a lot of interesting mixed units from you know, north and south units to... Uh, to bring. So they're kind of cool. If you want to make your own army and do lots of fun conversions, they're a pretty thematic place for it. Um, And then, so outside of Terra Nova, right? So these, those are the main factions you can play that are, that live on the planet. Right. And then there's a bunch of jerks coming to take that planet away. So the, uh, the main one is the CEF, which is the colonial expeditionary force. These are invaders from earth gross earth this place far away <laughs> with weird looking ape descendants on it um and they come bringing tanks so we'll get to it in a little bit but this game is a is a combined arms game you have infantry you have gears and you have tanks and unlike a lot of settings where where the mech is the ultimate for, pinnacle of space combat um you know they have their advantages but tanks uh really are very efficient when you are talking about it just needs propulsion a gun and armor you know <laughs> um so cef comes in with their tanks that can oftentimes one shot a gear uh they're pretty gross they also have the growl infantry are those background super soldiers um and then they also have these amazing things in the foreground they're called flails which is basically a suit of power armor. They're kind of like elementals from BattleTech,
0: right? And um, but they are, uh, if you've played uh, Total Annihilation, they're the they're the core, right? So they they've patterned consciousness from the Grells onto some sort of computer thing. I believe that's what I remember I from see. skimming some stuff. So like basically, it's like uh, the Grells are like, oh man, flails are so cool. Well, We've never seen a flail get out of the cockpit. They must be like. Too cool for us. <laughs> it's like what is the fluff? So I really enjoy that. But yeah, they're uh they're they're basically um just like super up armored infantry guys because they're walking, they're dreadnoughts, effectively, is probably a more apt comparison. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they are these are the bad guys of yeah. the setting, right? These guys coming to a peaceful Terra Nova to come disrupt things. Um yeah, yeah H- like H- Hollemen
0: is a great is a great uh, uh, translation for Infinity folks too.
1: So, uh, CEF is not coming alone. They have also conquered other territories, or just have set up uh, different uh, colonies. It's really conquered. Um, so this is Caprice. You know, Caprice ha- uh, primarily has aligned themselves with CEF, as they, they should, some, as they should, you know, right? Some nomadic families that have broken off. Um, but instead of walk around in gears, they pilot these rad mounts, as they refer to them, uh, which is basically an army of Bagard. If you like Bagard and Infinity, the way that looks, like, boom, there's a whole army of that.
0: And they are Um, super good at AROing stuff.
1: They are ridiculously good at AROing stuff. So the, the big thing about these mounts is that they can... Well, they actually, they don't even send themselves in, in the defensive posture where they can just do it. They get free reactions, and AROs in heavy gear are not free the way they are in Infinity. Yeah. So they look super cool. Like, when it comes down to it, like like most miniature games, like Play Whatever Looks Cool, if you like this game you want to play, these I'm guys back. look rad. Um, one thing is that their planet is very inhospitable, And most of their civilization lives in, like, one massive trench because some atmosphere has collected down there. (laughs) The the rest of the planet is a terrible place to live. So they they kind of move in nomadic tribes in these mounts. But the planet is super rich in minerals. So they they put up with it, or rather, CEF makes them put up with it so they can extract the mineral resources. So another colony that was less right another colony that was less lucky uh was utopia which is now ironically named so utopia was a beautiful verdant planet they had everything going for them it was great oh no right then <laughs> earth came they're like we like all of your stuff uh let's let's be friends and then i believe they they eventually pulled out and again left a power vacuum uh, that part of the fluff i'm pretty hazy on um and these guys, instead of resorting to, like, mechs punching each other in the face, were like, let's just, like, nuke and virus bomb everything. <laughs> what could go wrong? Uh-huh. So um, the planet is no longer utopian. Uh, the, the, the surface of the planet is a desolate wasteland. They retreated into bunkers. And instead of eventually coming out all Fallout, they just dug deeper. I made giant, um, I forgot what they call them, underground cities, giant underground cities deep, cities, deep cities. Yep. And they have developed very advanced technology. Their civilization, you know, many of their people have died, so they don't have as many people to fight. So they rely heavily on drone combat to, to do the work for them. So their army is basically when you when you buy them, when you make your squadrons, you are... <laughs> yeah, as Obi says, didn't the nukes cancel out the viruses?
0: <laughs> That's exactly how it the
1: works. Problem, the problem, OB, is they did them in the wrong order. Um, oh, so, no <laughs> so uh, when you when you make a squad of them, it's gonna look something like this where you end up with like two mechs and then a bunch of little drones. So the drones are really cool, they you know they carry good guns, but they're effectively disposable. They can take shots for the controllers if they're nearby them.
2: Yeah, I think they give they they give cover. so... That's oh, handy. do they give? cover?
1: I don't know if they if they give cover, but uh, I know if you're, within, if you're within three inches of them, I know that you can take a hit on them instead of on the oh, that's uh, cool.
2: the the corpses. Certainly, give cover. Uh, oh, sure, so, And right? There will be well, there will be many of those <laughs> if you don't
1: overkill them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's a pretty cool faction. It's actually what's funny is like for an ar- for the army representing this civilization that doesn't have a lot of people left. It's kind of the horde army because you're just going to have like eight, you know, eight controllers, eight, 12 controllers, and then like 30 remo- or 30 little drones just yeah. everywhere. Um, their infantry are not infantry the way they are for other armies where it's like six or 12 or six or eight guys on a 40 millimeter base. But their infantry are instead um, just very small mechs uh, called apes. Which I forget what that stands for. Um, I think they're also called golems in Eden. Um, but it's basically like the the smallest mech possible. It's like the size of a Tau battlesuit. Uh-huh. Um, so they're about one inch tall in this scale. So Eden is the the last army and to call this an army is generous and i think cef felt the same way um so yeah yeah i'll see if i can find you a picture um heavy, oops, or you can look up heavy gear eight yeah i got pull the picture of these guys Yep. Yeah, so eden was another beautiful wonderful planet where everything was one great and nothing terrible could go wrong their battles were televised so think, it's like not oh, robot jocks like- yeah, think robot shots. Their battles were televised, led by feudal lords and his knights in their noble steeds, um, which are silly little Gollum mechs. And so this army actually has nothing bigger than the Gollum. There we go. So, yeah, the, the, the heavy gear Gollum is... It's funny. So this army is... Uh, as you can imagine, they were quickly overtaken by CEF when CEF came down to see what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sub- subjugated basically instantly. <laughs> yeah. um, and at this scale, it's just kind of a funny little thing to run. I don't know. I mean, you could theoretically run an army of them. Yeah, so here they are. Those are on the, the one-inch bases. So they're about half the height of a regular mech they're basically s1 and infinity so if you want an army of nothing but guys that are s1 these are them uh but you know you can take them alongside uh cef to, to get a little extra fire a little extra fire support or quotes they actually are surprisingly good in close combat though so that's where they'll mess you up uh they can get <laughs> you know, right they're knights, right? So they're used to yeah, jousting. Right, they're right. used to the, the noble sword fighting with this little tiny mech. And most mechs are, are designed for like I'm gonna shoot you. Oh yeah, there I'm you go. Clint
0: Clint calls them taiga.
1: Yeah, right. That's yeah, that there. might be that might be generous. Um oh, no. They're, they're hilarious. Um so yeah, so instead, like they're gonna shoot you with their really small guns and then like stab you in the knees. Until your gear comes down, so they're they're bigger elementals. But that basically sums up with the the eight factions I think of the game nine factions. So despite it being, yeah, nine factions, um, yeah. You know, so and then each of these factions has mo- many sub factions, much just like the sectorals. Uh, yeah. They're less restrictive than the sectorals generally. With yeah, smaller... it's, it's
2: yeah, it's mostly like you can take these units, and if you do, then you get this bonus yeah it's it's
0: kind of yeah. like um war machines custom list Oh, the theme armies yeah yeah i yeah, kind of like that yeah there's a according to mr f, f- San one there's 32 factions so
1: there we go so there's there's a couple to pick from yeah cool so that's that's a little primer on the miniatures they all look i think pretty cool um but let's talk a little bit about the game itself because right? uh, this is clearly the interesting part right so the fluff is cool there's a lot of it. You can get really deep. You can get deep enough to run large role-playing game campaigns built in. Like, there's tons of stuff there. Yeah. Um, so I think the the first thing I would like to say, the rules are free. Uh, you can download them on mm-hmm. DriveThruRPG. You can download their 3.0 rules on their forums because they haven't been made into a book yet, but it's going to be like month within months. Um, the rules are free. I like free rules. Yep. I think more games should be free. Uh, it makes it makes sense to me. This is the thing that sells your little toys.
2: But And, and for a while, the the rules were, for many, many years, the rules were very much developed uh, collaboratively with the players. Um, yeah. Which, which, depending on how big or small your game is, that can be uh, a plus or a minus. But I think in this instance, especially seeing the transition from 2.0 to 3.0, I think they the they really addressed um like two I I played a couple games with two and it was fun. Yeah. Um but there were some glaring there were the like um the, the electronic countermeasures um oh god I, it, it like it, it was like three pages of rules and I like reading game rule books before bed you know just as like oh I'll freshen up this game and it'll put me this it was more powerful than any melatonin I've ever consumed. It was just <laughs> instant like within paragraphs. So, right, I the, am the the out best, like a light.
1: The best sleep aid. So what I will say yeah. Is the rules it's not like
2: free. that anymore yeah
1: are they? Uh, i would still say close the rules are free it, it,
2: it's improved it's improved
1: they are clearly written by somebody who is skilled at the art of technical writing yes, yes. um i would not say the rules are entertaining to read
0: they are not. No. <laughs> but but if you if you read through them there are definitely little gems here and there so yeah. Whoever there's... writes them has an excellent sense of humor. At least it's my sense of humor, which means it's excellent. Um, <laughs> and, and and I and I do enjoy reading uh uh reading them because I read a lot of technical manuals and government specs. So it feels very normal to me, but you know, also um, also we could talk about the army builder that's available online for free as well. Oh Adam God. Adam is not pleased by it, but I'm like this makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like this yeah. looks like hey, a mom, spreadsheet. I like spreadsheets.
2: <laughs> and and for in the in the rules favor um they i think they do a good job of um, both clear and precise language but also followed up by illustrative um, examples yeah, that will yes. like I, that naturally highlight you know natural edge cases that you will run into
1: i think their rules are very accurate their rule book is i think a great resource to settle rules disputes mm-hmm. but um, i would say unlike reading a Rick Priestley rule set, um, they're so dry. And it's it's like reading a textbook. Do you just have or... a bad sense of humor? <laughs> I, okay, I do. <laughs> But if you can get through it, it's it's actually a really solid rule system. Um, so, talking a little about the system, the scale, it's a 1-144 scale, which roughly means, you know, I think this is done very intentionally, your average gear is about the size of an S2 Miniature for Infinity and about as effective as an S2 Miniature for Infinity.
2: Um, let so, me hold up to my camera. Uh, let me get-
1: Oh, John has one right
2: things. here, actually. Oh, okay.
1: So there we have, we've uh, got- There we go. So that, that frame of yours is actually, I think one of the bigger frames.
0: That's right? a small frame, that's a recon yeah. frame.
1: Okay, there you go. So yeah, about the size of an S2 Mini. That one is a little bit bigger than, than the, uh, the oh, guy you've on. got there than okay. your moderator. Um, you know, hunters and stuff like that are are really close in size to moderator. That guy might be about the size of his face frame. Yeah. Um, so it, it's got this granularity, which I think is really interesting in games when you talk about I like to talk about resolution as a concept in games, where in infinity an S2 model feels right. You know, this is as detailed as the rules need to be for a guy this big. Um when you play a game like uh, OGs like Battletech, oh, God. right? Where the models are very tiny in comparison to how many rules they have. Yes. Um, so I think I think it's well scaled for the size the miniatures are. You know, a squad of infantry operates like six guys on the base. It, it's got one profile. It feels appropriate for the scale.
2: I've never yeah. played Battletech. I've always wanted to, because I played, I loved MechWarrior as a kid. And then, uh, like, as an adult, I was like, oh, there's a holding a Battletech event, um, you know, at the local game store. Maybe I'll drop by. And it's like, oh, here's your, um, here's your diagram of your mech where you track heat. And I'm like, I'm not interested anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. it is.
2: So Heavy Gear is a game. Battletech is a simulation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Perfect, perfect example. Um, so Heavy Gear is usually played on a 4 by 4 table, I believe is the standard for a 200-point game. Or 150 point game. Trying to remember what the standard with the base size is. um you can play larger games on a six by four smaller games on a smaller table yeah and just it give is, you a sense of scale like,
0: like uh this this inventory model is like six to seven points this tank is i think 20 something this dude is like in the teens right so that sort of gives yeah. you a sense of how many guys and, you can have
2: well, from what i understand from uh various canadian players um who play uh who, who are in um ash barker's uh greater network um hmm. tournaments generally are at the 100 150 point uh scale okay. it's not like quite as rigorous as infinity where infinity is like most people are playing its at 300 points like uh-huh. every year from what i understand is much more lax even with respect to table size but like okay. four, four, four by four between 100 150 points is like pretty common you know if Perfect. you if you have a three by three you are still almost certainly be fine playing, you know, 100, 150 points on it.
1: Right, so so about how many models, Frank, do you, do you feel like your your typical army is for 100, 150
2: points? Um,
1: I, I feel like it's gonna be like 12, 12 to 16? Yeah,
2: yes, I think, I think that's accurate. I'm standing up and looking at uh, what I know was a 150 point um, list I brought to, uh, and it was, um, let's see, I had a squad of hunters, uh, so the basic squad of hunters, so that's four. Another basic squad of mambas, so that's another four. I had um, two cobras and a, two spitting cobras and a king cobra. Those are three, and those mechs are a bit larger. And then I had two additional ones attached to that group: a silver scale, which is a target tar- target designating mech, um, who's the same size as the mambas. And then I had the Drake. I'll get him out of the cabinet, or actually, I have a picture of him if John wants to scroll on that. Um, uh he's he's a big chonker he's like the size of an infinity tag um i think most factions have access to one or two yeah one the, or, the gear striders yeah they're called the yeah, striders um yeah and so th- so that was uh yes that was that was about f- 15 models at a okay at cool feet. deliberately using some of the bigger more powerful and expensive mechs um but uh but yeah that was a good time so yeah, yeah those, are, a, those are not those are a lot of
1: yeah not a lot of models. Again, similar to Infinity in terms of number of
0: models you have on the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe a little can, bit more, but they activate in groups, so it it helps.
1: Well, a little bit yeah. more, but also a little bit less. Like CEF is not going to run as many. You know, you can get away with a sub ten model yeah. list, I think. Probably, um, unless
0: you run a bunch of inventory.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's so, just like
0: Infinity. You'll you can spam, you can not spam. You
1: know. Yeah. Um. So similar. To,
0: uh,
1: okay. So let's talk a little bit about the dice system, right? So it has this cool engine which back in the day they used to be, make a really big deal about pushing the silhouette dice system um, and I feel like they've kind of pushed that name further and further back um, so there you go that's a picture actually right there of his whoop.
0: sorry it's, it's on auto scroll
2: oh okay
1: yeah that was
2: his uh my drake and um, the hydra Right. Um, and then following that was the Aller, the northern tank that has a massive row gun attached to it that will just yeah crush you
1: so this dice system it, it's has a lot of similarities to the infinity face-to-face rolls yeah
0: maybe we should take so, a look at a, a, like a sample stat list real quick yeah so so sure. basically like let's let's do a thing that is let's let's do a face-to-face roll right so let's say this sure. This rando thing, doesn't matter what it is, is shooting at you. Mm -hmm. Well, this GU stat is the gunnery stat, and you're looking for a four up on the gunnery stat, just like you would in 40K, right? It's a D6-based system. Let's say I'm shooting at a thing that's equivalent, which has has a piloting skill of four. So you're looking for a four up there. So basically, every roll you make is going to be 2D6. You can modify those rolls by adding or subtracting dice based on various conditions. But basically, mm-hmm. you start with 2d6 pretty much all the time, and then you either add or subtract mm-hmm. a die. You can never go below one die, so you're always rolling at least one. So basically, the yeah. way it works is you're looking for your target number, and then you can add successes to that. So let's actually, let's do it. So let's,
2: Actually, so even if you roll below your target number, that still counts as the value. The yeah, target so, number comes to yeah, play. So let's,
1: yeah. let's talk about the target number really quick. In, so let's, in let's, let's, let's
2: actually do it, right? So here's, here's a roll. Okay,
0: so this is a good roll. So I'm looking for a four up on shooting. And then, so if I shoot you, you defend with your piloting, right? You're trying to dodge the fire. So here's the save. Okay, so there so we go. A six
1: and a one versus a four and a three. Perfect right.
0: roll. So so basically, this is the gunnery roll. A six is going to be a success, and your roll counts as a six. A one is not a success, so you just, you're just stuck with the six. In this case, um, you have a four, right? On the defense, your piloting was a four. That's a success, so your dice is a four. And then a three is not a success, so it's a four. Now, if this was also a four, uh, there we go. Then you'd have a four plus a success. So each success brings you up one point. So this four yeah. would become a five. Similarly, so if this was a four, you would have a seven here.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So your your score is basically your highest dice plus one for every additional success
0: you right. have. So if you right. rolled like so, like poop, you would roll you, this. This would count as a three if you're looking for a four up
2: yeah exactly so so to be clear if you roll a one and a three on um on your gunnery and your opponent just rolls a fistful of snake eyes you still do you 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 still potentially do damage because like it's it's a three but they they roll just ones right basically
1: basically the skill level is the threshold additional dice need to beat to give you one to your highest
0: dice yes exactly
1: um, and then your your margin of success is going to be the difference in the two dice. So in this case, where John got a seven versus a five, your margin of success is two. Boom. Mm-hmm. And then that goes on to how to modify damage and stuff like that. So it's cool because it is that face-to-face mechanic. Um, you are rolling based on your pilot's skill to avoid their attack.
2: Um, yeah, and, and unlike in Infinity, uh, where you, know, you could potentially snipe or combi-rifle someone in the back so they get no arrow, you are, you are always rolling yeah. pilot dice. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. You, you will you will never take damage. Com- that is like you you do not roll dice to yeah. try to defend yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. So, so then, talking about margin of success mm-hmm. really quick, right? So this is a seven because it's a six plus one success. This is a seven. This is a five because it's a four plus one success, right? So it's mm-hmm. a margin of success of three. Seven minus, sorry, two, right? Yeah. yeah. So seven minus five is two. So a margin of success of two.
1: Exactly, yep. um, and then those will affect the damage of your weapon and things like that. Yep. Um So there are also unopo- unopposed unopposed rolls for different situations. Yeah. Uh, just like there are regular ro- or normal rolls in Infinity. Yeah. If, um, they usually are things like are actually, you're making
0: a whip roll on on uh, yeah. on a, on a objective, in which case you're like saying, "I'm looking for your your difficulty four, so I fail, right? Because I rolled a three yeah, one." Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Now you're I just pass because for... I have five.
1: Correct. You're looking for total number of successes in those cases. Right. Um, So it's a pretty easy dice system, I think, if you're an infinity player once you figure out how to determine what number you end up with.
2: Mm -hmm. And it allows for like a sliding damage scale. Like infinity is very binary. Like you do one, two, or generally one, two, or three points of damage. Sometimes more, but like heavy, heavy year. Like you may have a tank with armor ten that has like nine points of damage, but heavy gear, the damage system encompasses a way to for weak or strong weapons to punch through that armor. Uh, do you want to talk about how we, you resolve damage?
0: Sure, sure. So, so here's, here's an example, right? <laughs> so if we look at the same thing again, we have, um, let's find something that isn't ridiculous. I'm looking at the CEF stuff. Let's look at it North.
2: Well, well, off the top of my head, the a light auto cannon has a penetrative value of six. Yep. Um, and the m- most basic bog standard uh, gears, um, hunters and jägers, um, also have an armor value of six. Right. So you 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 take the margin of success, add the um the penetrative value of your weapon, and then subtract armor. So, when you're doing bog-standard, like, the, you, the equivalent of Fusilier or the combi rifle against another, against an Owl Seal, um, when you're doing that, you're, generally your margin of success is going to be the amount of damage you do. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, so let's, but, take a look, but, let's, look, let's take a look at this roll, right? So let's say this sure. is the shooter, so this is a yeah. 6 plus 1, because let's, let's say we're both rolling against 4. So this is a 6 right. plus a success goes to a 7, this is a 5 yep. plus a fail, which goes to 5. Margin of success is 2. So, if you're damage is six and your armor is six right so my attacking weapon is six and my defending armor is six then my margin mm-hmm. of success is ex- you know the damage is exactly equal to margin of success
2: yeah but there are plenty of instances where um you may have a heavily armored target with it has like armor 10 so you're gonna have to roll like a pretty strong margin of success yeah. to do any damage to them yeah um but there of course there are uh, there are weapons that are armor piercing, and the way armor piercing works is that you will do your margin of success up to your armor piercing trait, which is generally one or two sometimes three um, and then after that, like you, you could you could be rolling a pea shooter against like uh you know against a mountain, uh, but the pea shooter has armor piercing three you would normally need a margin of success a million um, to damage the mountain um, from uh Uh, when you're doing a margin success from three up until that armor value, you will always do at least three damage.
1: Yeah, so what armor piercing does is it gives you a floor for your damage. Right, right. Yeah, Yeah. if you succeed, this is the least amount of damage you'll do. There's also the possibility of what's called a marginal success, where Mm -hmm. like an infinity, if you and I both tie, then it's nothing happens. Yep. In this game, it basically, there's a 50-50 chance that yeah. I hit On you.
0: On a 4-up, you do damage. Now, you can also do crazy things like this. So, if they, again, if this is your attacker roll, this is a 7, this is a 1, because there's no successes, so you take your highest die, which is a 1. 7 minus 1 is 6, right? So, margin of success of 6, plus damage 6 is 12, minus armor 6 is 6, right? So, 6 plus 6 minus 6, someone. you can one-shot yeah. somebody. If the, so, if, you're, if your defending guy rolls snake eyes, and you roll nice, you could one-shot somebody. Which is kind yeah. of kind
2: of snake, crazy. Snake eyes is brutal in this game, which is yeah. why there are there are a decent number of ways you can get re rolls. But yeah, snake eyes really really hurts. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, so
1: statistically
0: statistically unlikely. Yes. Yeah.
1: So let's talk a little about one of the things I think is the, probably the coolest part of this game, and I think will resonate with a lot of Infinity players, and that's the way missions work. Mm-hmm. So you can play like you can make your own mission, totally fine. You can play predetermined missions, much like the mission, the ITS missions, um, or you can select missions before a game. And the way this works is the size of your game determines the number of missions, the number of missions at maximum you can pick, and you will pick one.
0: You mean objectives, right, when you say missions? Objectives, sorry, yeah.
1: Um, And you can pick uh, one objective for every combat group in your army, so you want to have... Oftentimes you probably want to have as at least as many combat groups as there are ob- objectives that you're playing. And what you do is you go through your army and you pick a combat group and then you pick an objective. And based on the type of combat group that is, you can pick from a certain list of objectives. So if you take an army where you're, you're basically taking a bunch of fire support squads, like these are all the biggest pew-pews in the game. Right, like yeehaw, cannons everywhere! I want to blow everything up. Um, your objectives are going to be heavily like wipe out half of the enemy army. You know, it's it's going to be really really hard. Like blow kill up every... kill the
2: kill the most points valuable like thing in the on in the enemy that the enemy has stuff. Yeah, like that. exactly. So uh, to to piggyback on this, uh, something that we didn't talk about is that every single mech type. Has one or more types, uh, squad types that it can group with, like um, the bog standard hunters and Jaegers Like have a whole mess of things they can be general purpose, but other mechs are designated. Like these are only fire support mechs, and they only can be grouped with other mechs that are designated as fire support. So you organize yeah. your combat groups of. I think they have Based to be at role. least. Uh, the, yes, they have to be at least four activations, um, and they have to they they have to match uh, one role. And there's in a way you can extend your comic group where you can have two or uh, up to two um, uh, two units in that comic group that belong to a second comic group. So I can have a bunch of fire support uh, guys like Cobras all with equivalent mortars, and in that same comic group, so that they're all activating at the same time, it's I can sport. have. I can have two recon iguanas of the, of the recon combat group, so they can run forward, target designate, and I can bring down missiles. Yeah,
1: yeah. Greg points out that it's pretty similar to the drop fleet drop fleet commander groupings, except mm-hmm. it's more restrictive because it's very much based on the uh, like. I th- if I remember correctly, me, it's been a while since you played drop fleet. Like, I think you could do it however you wanted, or maybe it had to do with the class of ship.
0: Uh, it's <clears> yeah, but it's um, yeah. It's been a while since I played too, but. You can you can include things in there. And there's like a maximum point value or maximum right, size. Right, right. It is it is it is quite it is quite similar in that sense. Um, but it's different in that like there's there's mission roles as well, right? That that you can't quite yeah. do that. Um, and the other thing is that uh, yeah, like it, it's sort sort of like if you played Infinity, you took Forward Observers, then you could get to draw from a special Forward Observer only classified deck kind of situation. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool.
1: So yeah, that's really cool because you can end up playing like I used to really enjoy playing a recon force, right? So I take a bunch of recon squads, maybe one fire support squad, and then my objective is to basically be like I have to run up and forward observe the enemy a bunch, and then my you know the objective for my for my uh, fire support squad would then be to nuke something. So I forward observe something and then rain hell on it.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and they've sort of balanced it so you can't you you can spam recon squads, that's totally possible. Yeah. But you can only take. Two copies of an objective right so you can only take two scan objectives so if you have like four recon squads only two of them can take the scan objective and you have to do something else that makes it more balanced and i believe that your opponent gets to place like scenario markers too
2: yeah yeah and the generally your recon units um are pretty tough to hit like i what the last time i played against a, a northern cheetah with, um with some like special stealth equipment, i I could not do damage on it. like I knew that thing was carrying a target designator for his mortar forces, and I was like, I cannot let that thing get near me, <laughs> and that thing was so fast and it was just impossible to kill. So like there is like you know if infinity you take only forward observers and only specialists like you'll push the buttons, but you'll be squishy here, like your squishy units are gonna be just naturally very hard to hit
1: right. So, what I really, really like about this, is, from a conceptual perspective, it means that you are putting together a force, knowing full well what objectives you are probably going to go after uh-huh. before you start a game. So even though your opponent doesn't know, you're like, well, these are, you know, this is the team I put together to accomplish X. Let's go to the table and do that. Uh-huh. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool from a list building perspective. Um, and it's fun because it's, it makes asymmetrical games.
0: Yeah, I, I love I love the idea of asymmetry in in games. It's it's super cool, uh, as long as it's balanced. And it feels like in my limited experience, it seems okay. Um, yeah, but can we talk more about how how come you can't murder a recon thing? Because like, I I was I was thinking about it right. So so there's a, there's the a stealth rule, which decreases the effective zone of control of your enemy, right? Uh-huh. So they cannot target you. Uh, so basically, there's two types of fire. Direct fire, which is how it works in Infinity, right? I have line of fire, I PPU at you, that's that. There's indirect fire, which is I can radar you through this strand of trees. I cannot draw a direct line of fire, but I do have a gun that can shoot over the trees and it's marked with the indirect Mm -hmm. label and then I can pew missiles at you. Uh, And there's some penalties to that and so on. So um, a stealth rule equipped trooper, right? Uh, will reduce your zone of control by six inches, so that if you, depending on the geometry of the board and stuff, you can maybe like dance around and make sure you're out of out of sensor range and therefore not be able to sh- get shot at. But mm-hmm. doesn't target designate require line of fire? Yes. So at yes. some point somebody will see it. I guess the idea is it pops out, yes. blazes a thing, and then that thing yeah. gets like blown
2: the crap up. Yes, that is, that is exactly that is exactly what happened when I tried to I do see. that. Okay. I, I was like I was like, it is it is your time to shine. If you are lucky, you if if you are lucky and patient, you'll lay someone uh, from the butt, and they they you know they won't be able to uh, they, then then they won't be able to draw a line of fire at you because if they don't have your facing weapons, they can't do anything about that. But um, but yes, at some point, generally, what happens is you will peek out to lay to lay someone, and it is entirely possible that someone will see see you and make you uh, pay very dearly for that.
1: Yeah. So it's it's pretty cool like i really like yeah your your ford observer units feel very effective at their job and so kind of what you were talking about imagine if infinity the ford observe action if successful also launched a missile from your missile bot
2: immediately chain those together yeah sequentially yeah Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Yeah. i mean you can do that you can do that now right i mean like in infinity you you spotlight somebody and you you spend the next three orders missiling them so it's it's the same thing, and you do have to expend the same amount of resources. So maybe we should talk about how orders work, right? Yeah, so, so basically, each squad, point. right, you you build your squad, each squad member has some number of actions, which is donated uh, denoted by their, their stat line. Most things have one, some cooler things have two, and basically you, each uh, each activation looks like I activate my squad, let's say there's four members in the squad, mm-hmm. each squad has to have four actions total, right? So that can be one two action guy and two one action guys or however you want to you know slice the pie or whatever. I think hmm. between
2: between four and six. But yeah, I could between be, between, I, between four and six. Yeah. yeah.
0: So um, but at least four. So um, then you activate them and you move each model independently, you activate each model independently. Um, and there's there is coherency like in other squad based games, but that's really just for buffing and debuffing mm-hmm. and it doesn't really affect anything else. Um, uh and 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 then you just activate as normal so you move shoot effectively everybody gets to move uh moving is free uh you can move move for free as well but that makes you sh- crappier at shooting but harder to get harder to get shot at because you're moving fast um there is there is kind of an aero system there is kind of an arrow system so you can uh when when the turn is over everybody's orders refresh much like they do in infinity but unlike infinity mm-hmm. both players orders refresh simultaneously and yeah. if I can see your model where it ends its activation and it does a thing, right, like shoot at something, I can then ARO by spending my order. Which means when my turn comes around, I, all I can do is move, unless I have more, yeah. more than one order, right, or action. Right. Um, so, so it kind of balances it out. You can't just, like, leave an arrow thread up and, like, ruin everybody's day. Like, the TR bot isn't going to, like, completely lock down a flank because it gets to shoot once in reactive in this game. And then if that's it and It
2: just has to eat it and, after that. And and I th- for furthermore, um, I'm ninety nine percent sure that there's that weapons can be only used once per round. Uh, so you wouldn't even be able to shoot your HMG, spam it like these, these gears right. are generally bristling with weapons. You will like shoot your rocket pack inactive to save your. Light auto cannon for reactive or vice versa. Um, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you, uh, mm-hmm. So, so there is there is some planning that you have to do. What weapon you want to save for which circumstances? Yeah. Whether it's active or reactive.
0: And and not so all weapons w- are eligible for ARO either, right? Your rocket pack yes. is not. Like only things that are yes. on turrets that are fast and arm mounted are allowed to
2: be used for reactive and reactive. Yeah. Yes.
1: So the big thing here, though, what's also interesting is that. Uh, as we described the shooting attack before, where it's me shooting against your piloting, you are not necessarily shooting me back. You're not responding with a shot unless you snap fire. So if my guy comes around the corner and takes a pew pew at you, you can shoot back at me and it's your shot, not against my shot. It's your shot against my piloting. So yeah. theoretically, both gears can very happily blow each other to pieces.
2: Yep, right. And this is, this is where the uh, before you declare any movement, you declare what is your combat speed. You can either be your default combat speed, which is no changes to your dice. You can choose to uh, be braced, which means you are forbidden from moving. you can reposition your turning to whatever you want, but you do not move, and you will gain an atta- n an, an attack dice. or you can if you move move, you do top speed, um, you will take a penalty to your attack dice, but you will gain a defense. So if you move, yeah. move, that you know you are harder to hit. Someone who's spending their reactive fire to hit you is going to su- um, um, they're, they're sorry, they're not going to suffer de- penalties. You're going to gain uh, the benefit of uh, an extra defensive dice when you're rolling your piloting against. Yeah, sh- and I
1: and I felt like moving fast, maybe this a two point over three, but another thing, also gave you minus one dice.
2: Yes, you you shoot worse and you uh, and you um, you defend yeah. better. But yeah, exactly. You know, but noting that um, you're, uh, you always have a minimum of one dice, you know, you may have a rocket, uh, so there are range bands for weapons um, that are unique to the weapon, just like Infinity. Um, but unlike Infinity, um, you, are, you either have your flat um, flat dice in your uh, optimal range band, and if you are outside of your optimal range band, you suffer a dice penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you can, you can kind of uh, stack these negative penalties onto yourself, uh, knowing that you are always going to get one dice, you're like, Oh, I'm just going to roar across the battlefield at top speed in suboptimal range. Um, but I'm still going to get one dice anyway. So I'm just going to lob a mortar at your cluster of guys. And, you know, it'll. Yeah, it'll be, the shot.
0: Maybe yeah, maybe a six.
2: It'll, it'll, it, 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 uh, generally, these are uh, the. You'll do this with blast area of effect weapons. I'll catch through your guys one dice versus your two, four or five times, hey, I might cripple or destroy one of your guys.
1: Right, so now the reason why earlier I said, infinity, it's always your turn in this game, it's usually your turn, it's because the game is alternating activation, right? You go, I go one unit at a time or one squad at a time. Um, But if you want to snap fire back at your opponent, shooting at you, that is going to consume that model's activation.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm No, it's his action, not as activation. Or action. It can still move.
1: Yeah, it can still move, but it can't shoot. Right. So, unlike in Infinity, where you always take the ARO, right? Like, it's just what you do. I'm going to, like, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. In Heavy Gear, you might not, right? You might want to hold your action for later in the turn for something else. Yeah. So, you can kind of force people into bad positions where it's just your defense against my attack. I'm going to shoot you because I know that you want to save your action for later.
2: Yeah. And And it might have a, like this, this came up yesterday where I had a gear that was out in the open. He smoke was billowing from his chassis and John brought some guys around and he had his activation. I'm like, this guy is almost certainly going to die. I'm going to spend his activation now to maybe make him go out in a blaze of glory and get some damage off.
0: Yeah.
1: That happens
2: a lot too. Yep. Yep.
1: Um, so yeah, once both play once both players have activated all their units, uh the turn is over. Most games last between four and six turns. It's either pre-selected before the game starts, you and your opponent agree we're gonna play four turns, or it's random. It's basically D3, four, five, or six turns. Mm-hmm. Uh and there's also the possibility to like try to call to end the game uh once turn four starts. So you can try to you can try to force the game to end early. Yeah. So it's it's it has a lot of mechanics, like I said, that feel very familiar if you are a infinity player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you if you've played any other miniatures game, this makes sense. Um,
1: I think it makes but I think it does make more sense coming from Infinity than game a game like 40k. Right? Where 40k is very sure. statically your turn. I'm rolling all my dice in your face until my turn is over and then it's your di- turn to throw dice at me. Right. Um,
2: you roll the best dice
1: in 40k? I mean you roll armor saves.
2: Okay, so that's not nothing, but yeah, which
1: is similar. Yeah. Um, but you're not making a tactical decision yeah, typically yeah. in your opponent's turn, where I, I, in Heavy Gear you're still making the decision. Yeah, do I or don't I? You're actively uh, engaged the all the time. Yeah, and yeah. Know
0: what you're gonna do next? Is it's not quite as feature-rich as Infinity. You can't be like, oh crap, I'm in the open. I'm gonna dodge back into cover, sort of situation. Yeah, um, yeah. But but everything is multi-wound, so. It is more of a game of attrition, or instead of binary, my zanji is dead, as it is in Infinity. yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, and, and and for what it's worth, um, the in terms of list building complexity, uh, I, I, I'm, it's hard to imagine anything beating infinity in terms of like just sheer unit granularity. But Heavy Gear is pretty impressive. Where like Battle in terms Tech is of, way more. Well, oh my god! <laughs> I, I don't I don't know I don't know shit about Battle Tech, but he, but Heavy Gear, like just a hunter. If you just pick out all the hunters, it's probably like comparable to like an infinity Zanshi. There's gonna be eight or nine entries yeah. of various mm-hmm. weapons and loadouts and ways you can customize them. And there's a system where um, a built-in system where you can customize things uh, even further, you can be like, okay, I'm gonna pay these points to promote this guy to uh, to an XO. Yeah. and he's gonna improve my um, initiative roles when uh, when we determine, who goes first um, at the beginning of every turn? Yeah, um, for, stuff for, like that. For those
0: of you who play Infinity, you can think of it like everything has the ability to take XP points, which translated to real point values. And right. there's, some, mm-hmm. there's some limitations on what models can take stuff, right? So if you're just like a normal dude, you can't take stuff off the cool tech tree. But if you have veteran, you can take stuff off the veteran tech tree, which is pretty cool. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. Black Talons. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so that's pretty cool. One other interesting mechanic is that. There are two types of basically of line of fire, but they call it lock in, in in the heavy gear. So these are mechs, right? They've got all kinds of different sensor systems, um, and all kinds of different weapon systems. So there is lock, which is I have line of fire to you, and then there's sensor lock, which is like being in zone of control.
2: Very But it's, ident- a, but it's not, so, not so uh heavy gear had uh, has, ver- ver- there's area terrain in heavy gear, right? In, yeah, in our yeah. B-roll footage that uh, I guess we stopped showing. Um, there's there's forests where we designated forests as, you cannot, um, if two units are on opposite sides of the forest, you can't draw, you can't shoot directly through them. Yeah, but exactly. the forest will not stop sensor lock. Um, but if you had a giant building or a cliff or a mountain, the mountain would stop sensor lock. So it's not quite yeah. like, it's not quite like infinity. Whereas, if you have a brick wall and two units are on either side, one guy will hear the other through zone of control or whatever, and yeah. he dodge. Um, heavy, there, there are different, um, different uh, Classes. types of yeah. blocking. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And but the interesting thing is that different Mac or different gears sometimes have different uh, sensor lock ranges. Yes, and so yes. sensor lock is useful for indirect firing weapons. Yes. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, all kinds of stuff shooting
1: yeah shooting rocket pods up over things
2: um um there's hacking where you can uh yep, so in haywire unit where haywire is basically um uh so as i said um the once you're out of hull you uh, you are denoted as crippled haywire is you are crippled for i think the duration of that turn yes yeah um, which is
1: basically you're less effective
2: yes, that yeah. turn. you lose all, a die both in attack be, and defense yeah which can be pretty drastic yeah, yeah
1: so so yeah let's actually talk about that the electronic warfare right because we're all we're all infinity players like we love we love our hacking. um <laughs> and greg yes we want some help polishing up that tts mod holy hell um but so there, there is the there is hacking in heavy gear it's called electronic warfare right sounds kind of familiar right so it's ecm and eccm it's there's four programs you can try to haywire someone, which is basically like, I'm causing all kinds of problems on your on your gear, right? Which is gonna haywire them, they're gonna count as being crippled for that turn. Um, there's another one which is gives you a defensive bubble. So this is your guy basically does white noise around him, I'm gonna disrupt all the enemy targeting, and it gives an extra defense size to him and everybody is in formation, which is within six inches mm-hmm. of him. Um, you can try to jam the enemy comms, which is kinda cool. So there are you have commanders in this game, commanders can issue special orders and you can try to say no to that special order. Yep. And then the, the last one is um there's ECCM, which Electronic is Electronic
2: counter-countermeasures. <laughs>
1: yep. Exactly, which basically which basically forces you to target this guy with your hacking program instead of the guy you were originally targeting. And so if I've got ECCM, I'm going to put up a better ECM defense than the guy you were trying to kill. So imagine if in, in Infinity, you know, if you could have hackers take hits for other hackers, like the way I wish defensive hacking devices worked in N3. <laughs> that would um,
0: be so bad. That would be really cool.
1: So, yeah, so that's that's kind of the gist of the game. right? Like I think we covered a lot of it. Um, again, it is that combined arm style. Yeah. So you have infantry you have tanks you have gears you have You have flyers yeah and
0: and uh fast attack aircraft like fixed wing assets
1: yeah um the fast attack aircrafts are great because they're not like 40k flyers where for some reason they're flying around you know moving like four miles per hour over the top of (laughs) it over the top of the table (laughs)
0: yeah so, so so basically the way they work is they circle the game table And then at some point you can nominate them to go attack a thing. Then you draw a line from where they currently are to the other side of the table. And that line has to intersect their target. Uh, And then they just go airstrike that. Uh, And then for all intents and purposes, um, you know, if you're measuring distance to shoot anti-aircraft fire at them, you measure to their line of travel. So basically you just draw the, the, you drop the perpendicular line to the the line of travel. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Right. It's just like, yeah,
2: I, think, think, I think I think super cool. It, get, it gets that thematic feel of a guy yeah. hovering around the battlefield and then like all yeah. right, now I'm going to punch it and blast through. And some weapons have the anti-aircraft trait where it's like, "All right, I'm going to make you pay for pay for your, for your bombing run with uh stellar uh, shooting bonuses against you."
1: Yeah, so it's it's pretty enjoyable. Um yeah. You know, honestly like I I've, you know, we've been thinking about this game for the last few days. And I honestly think that with, if they had some better marketing, a little bit better design layout for their books, uh, rules written in a way that was human legible, um, there's no reason this wouldn't be a very popular game.
2: I think right now it is literally just one guy.
1: I I think the whole team is four, right? But it is really, I think, just Robert um, doing his best. So John and I are gonna try to put together a little bit of content to help people that are interested in picking up the game. in terms of, like, a, a secondary game to Infinity,
0: oh my God, yeah, this is definitely my number two game for sure, full stop.
2: <laughs> <At> least... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? I don't, I can't tell if you're being facetious or not. No, I, I'm 100% serious,
0: because really, uh, well, yeah, the, I, so I'm, I'm impressed. Well, because, the thing is, right, like, I Infinity does not scratch the combined arms itch for me at all. If you look at my, my, my gaming shelf, it's mostly full of things like. Um, Oh shit, What is the game called? Um, uh, there's a there's a bomber command, right? So like I I play like ridiculously complicated games like bomber command where it it it's uh, bombing in World War Two. So there's like you have to like there's searchlights and things, and then basically like if you launch an intercept with German fighters to intercept Allied bombers, you can play another game to simulate that combat. Right, like you get another <laughs> box off the shelf and you play that game, because uh, like I really like the idea of combined arms and like zooming in and out of various scales, and uh, which is yeah. why I really like battle tech, because you can do that, right? You can you can do things like my long-term artillery is not its range is not measured in in map sheet hexes, it's measured in map sheets, right? Um, Jeez. that wow. kind of thing, uh, and then like there are rules for aerospace fighters, and aerospace fighters can actually be. Uh, yeah, right. I have. I wish I had played a full game of the campaign for North Africa or or uh, World at War. That's another game you play. You play a game to set up that game, and then you play that game. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. like that game takes literally a week to play at a competitive uh, uh, tur- tournament level. Right. So like a bunch of people take the week off. They go fly somewhere. They sit in a hotel conference room. And they play that game for a straight week. But
1: but, f- but five days of that is trying to figure out which naval ball cap you're going to wear, right?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, so th- those are the kinds of games I like. But at you know, given the state of my my available time right now, I can't really justify BattleTech. It just takes far too long. There's just too much. How long does? How long is an average game of BattleTech? So if how long did we? One
1: hundred days.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's a couple hours, right? So Adam and I played a, a two-on-two mech game, right? And the mechs uh-huh. weren't actually all that powerful. They were probably, like, on the order of, like, a, um, a gear two, right? So, like, not a strider, but, like, decently beefy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And basically, it's just, like, it was us rolling dice and tracking stats, and neither of us had done anything critical to the other person. We were landing hits and doing damage for, like, three hours, Right Wow, yeah, and it was just us it's... it was just us positioning and dancing, and there's a huge amount of stuff you can do, right like you can you can do things like, I'm going to shoot this forest that you're in to increase your heat level because the forest is on fire now. that also creates a smoke cloud which changes direction with the wind, right, which drops visibility <laughs> wow. yeah. right and then yeah. this yeah. it just gets more and more complicated basically if, if but you, it's all sixes just, right it's all these sixes, yeah, like if you think there's yeah. a rule for it, there is a rule for it somewhere in I've... one of the source books.
1: I have never rolled so many dice to do so little, and I've played 40k.
0: Yeah, right? Like, it's, it's, there's flowcharts, right? So to, to do damage in, in, in Battletech, you first have to calculate how far you moved, how far they moved, right? That sets your target numbers. Then you roll to see if you hit. If you hit, right, then you, have to, you have to roll on another table to see how many missiles hit. Right? So if you shoot 20 missiles at them, some fraction of them will miss. You have to simulate how many of them miss. Then you, you take each individual missile and you roll a hit location. So does this missile hit them in the left arm or the left leg? Right? And then you roll mm-hmm. all of that. And then once you've done that, you start, you start doing damage to their armor. Once you've penetrated the armor, then you can start destroying things. Like, oh, this missile specifically hit the large laser on my left arm, which is now rendered inoperable. Like, shit like that. Right,
2: and so so it sounds it sounds like what just just play the game that just came out, just play the computer game. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's
0: what I have boiled down to is like I love the fluff of BattleTech because Heavy Gear has a huge amount of fluff and backstory, and it's very rich. And there is a role playing game for Heavy Gear. There, all the same things can be said for BattleTech. There's a huge uh collection of novels that rivals the Black Library, mm-hmm. Horus Heresy stuff. Right. Uh, I like it better, honestly. Like it's it's yeah. you know a lot less a lot less like you know like mustache twirly, right? Than than mm-hmm. all the Horace Heresy stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean like I just can't justify the the time and it. But it did scratch all of the combined arm itches that I had, right? Like I right. I played I ran a campaign when I was um when I was in graduate school and somehow I had more time uh, where I would I actually had two separate game groups. Uh, one where they were fighting like a pitched um, uh, urban battle against you know very heavy mechs, and they were trying to duke it out, and they had like lighter mechs, but they had artillery support. And then there was another group playing on a different table, uh, and and they had uh, uh, they were defending the artillery for the other map, and that mm-hmm. artillery was under attack. So if that team failed. Then the team that was outnumbered and outgunned would lose their artillery support and they'd be fucked. Mm. So you can do that in Battletech, and it's really rich and hilarious because, like, things like you can fire um, an artillery missile and have it, you know, be target designated. And I had like a 100 ton mech, which is like the king of the battlefield, right? Get headshot with a missile and just die immediately. Mm. Right. Um, So, but Heavy Gear does all of that basically in, you know, like 4d6. Right. Like and, did and yeah. we were
2: we were yeah. able to do a demo game and like uh we play our our point values were 75, so like almost a hundred points. Yeah. We did that and a demo game in a single evening. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, it plays really quick. Um what's actually interesting to me as for a second game secondary game is you know when I think about like Blood Bowl is kind of my chief secondary game. I sure I fucking love Blood Bowl. Um, um. And it's great because it doesn't occupy a ton of headspace. So it makes it easy for me to dedicate the amount of headspace needed to play Blood Bowl correctly with the amount of headspace to play Infinity well, and that can do okay. What's interesting about Heavy Gear is that it's a more complex game, but I feel like there's enough overlap for Infinity that it doesn't actually take up much more additional
2: headspace. Well, and also, so there, there are definitely game, like I think you were mentioning this about um about uh, the Corvus Belly dungeon game that just came out. There's defiance. Out. Uh, no, defiance. Oh, defiance. defiance. Yes, that does defiance. Like there are games that if you do not play them, they will leave your head. You know, yeah. The, yeah. before I before I demoed this game for you guys this last weekend, the last time I played this was shortly after I moved in this house. It was like a year and a half ago, and I I reread the you know, the new rules books in like an evening and i was able to explain this in demos for you like and by the time we were done with the get demo i was like oh i'm i'm comfortable again with this game like yep. it is it does not consume like a lot of a lot of like mental yeah mental brain space to preserve how how to play the game it is pretty once you once you've learned it it is pretty easy to get started again after a break
1: yeah i mean bef- before our game the last time i played was 2013 and i only played a few games then back that was back when they launched heavy gear blitz and then mm-hmm. Like, the last time I played before that was probably, like, 1999. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe 2003, like, somewhere in that range. And
0: uh-huh. I, th- I think part of that is, is like Infinity, right, like, it doesn't matter what, what gun you have, right? Like, all guns are lethal, right? Yes, HMGs yeah. are better than combis, but if I shoot you with a combi, it's quite likely that if I spend two yeah. or three orders doing it, you're dead, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the same thing can be said for Heavy Gear, right? Like, I don't really care... Whether you're shooting like a light laser cannon or a light autocannon at me, like it's gonna do yeah. damage. Like bl- right. figure out what damage it does by looking at a table, but I don't have to think very carefully about like, oh, I should avoid that, you know, that guy. It's like I should avoid right. all guys. I should avoid getting shot, period. And that sort of simplifies the decision making process. Which is different. And
2: the Yeah. The 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 light, uh, medium heavy designation of weapons like auto cannon, right. laser cannons. It's, like, it's like, oh, this one, this this guy has a light cannon. This one's have a has a heavy cannon that is exactly the same, except it does two more penetrative damage. Like it, you yep. immediately start to like develop that mental categorization of like, oh yeah, I know what these weapons are. Like yep. even yeah, if you've they, never seen a heavy rotary laser on the cannon, I've dealt with light ones. I know what they do.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like like you said, like so the difference between a light auto cannon, medium auto cannon, and heavy auto cannon is one point of damage per step. Right.
2: Yeah and and probably
0: right. the reason why it makes so much sense is it, you know like, like as infinity players we tend to think a lot about positioning in time and space Right? and that's mm-hmm. how you win the game by leveraging your positioning in time and space same is true of heavy gear right it's slightly yeah. more nuanced now because you have to like you don't get to just dump orders into one dude to like recover you have to do it over multiple yeah. turns um mm-hmm. and and you may spend your resource by reacting and you may be like ah shit, i really wish I'd, i really wish i hadn't done that i really wish i hadn't snap fired it would be really good to shoot your guy that he's moved over here right so you have to like mm-hmm. make those kinds of predictive decisions uh, but you're kind of used to that as an infinity player. Or like, oh, do I leave this guy out to ARO or not? That's kind of like a similar decision because if you leave him out to ARO, he's probably going to die sort of thing. Um, and this yeah. is very different than, say, a game like Android Netrunner, which I hope we'll do on the show at some point. Um, and that is a game <laughs> which uh, demands encyclopedic knowledge of the card base. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to know exactly what is possible for your opponent to have based on what they've shown you and what the likelihood it is is to be a certain thing, um, and that will that will win you games if you if you really know what's going on. So, um, yeah, like I I think I think that's probably why it maps so nicely because it is just like it does it does what it says on the tin, right? Like tanks with guns shoot big tank guns, right? Yeah. <laughs> Infinity, Infinity guy with like a belt-fed box thing that has a tube sticking out of it will probably shoot a lot of bullets at
2: you. Same yeah. is true yeah, of heavy. Don't,
1: don't get shot by the tank. Step one.
2: Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> but and and, but... and it, the the game is significantly um enriched by the variety of uh deployment op like like infinity, you have deployment yeah. options. Mm-hmm. Um par- parachutes, I think you can uh, you like a uh, mom mambas by default are all Parachutists. They all can come in on turn two, like potentially anywhere on the table at the risk of like maybe suffering like a single point of damage or something. So, like that big scary tank. Not... <laughs> yeah, right. If the, that big scary tank, drop in behind it, shoot in the butt. Vehicles suffer a plus two dice uh, advantage to your shooting if you're shooting a vehicle in the butt. Vehicle being mech, mech, like mechs, like gears and striders will suffer. You will get one plus dice to your attack if you shoot them. The but but vehicles like tanks, two dice—that is huge.
0: Yeah, you can just, like deal. start
2: to throw five dice against their two. Like, wow, it's that's that's enormous. Yeah, it's it's a, a
1: again, it's kind of like infinity. Getting shot in general sucks, and the game is about positioning. Infinity right. is—I feel like infinity is ultimately a game about, about positioning, mm-hmm. um, positioning and, yeah, and,
2: and table and table reading, like yes, yeah. infinity, yes. is a little a little more brutal because like if I'm deep into my turn and I have only a couple orders left, it can become, like, a real decision where, like, I, there's a real problem. <clears throat> there's, like, there's a Kronted HMG. I can, if I move here, I might get one or two shots against it, um, and, and it's unlikely, like, I, do I, can I bring it down? Because if I mm-hmm. don't, you're going to have, like, eight orders to unleash it upon me. Like, that becomes, yeah. like, a super interesting decision point. Whereas heavy gear, like, is much more, like, it's much more a flow state. You do a little thing, then your opponent does a little thing. You do a little flow little thing, and your opponent does a little thing. And so, um, yeah. it's it's uh it's still super interesting, but like less immediately punitive. You'd be like, "Oh, I right. I made the wrong call," or "I you know I got crit in my reactive turn," and now you have nine orders to feed a Karantid into my face. Yeah, like, Think, that, things that, are. That,
0: that's, yeah, like it,
2: both are very
0: lethal, but Heavy Gear is a little more forgiving, right? Like I bunched up my infantry against you, and you dropped an AOE template on them. In Infinity, yeah. that would be game ending, right? If, yeah. my, if you if you yeah. knocked a yeah. missile my link, it's over. Um, yeah. But in this case, it was like, all right, well, my Infinity is a bit degraded, and I'm sad, but it's not over.
2: Yeah. Oh, and n- noted, I don't think we actually brought this up. Infantry units. um, unless you are shooting them with a a weapon that has the anti-infantry trait, uh, your infantry units will take at most two damage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can be shooting them with my rocket pack, which can will shred things, but your infantry guys are like, oh, they're hiding. They're really good at hiding from these greater arms fire. So they're really annoying to, um, and potentially uh, effort intensive if you want to knock them off of control points and off of objectives. And furthermore, being in cover will normally give you Uh, plus one dice to your defense rolls infantry get plus two defensive dice so the your infantry being hiding in the forest getting four dice on defense and i'm dealing at at most uh two damage per attack on them like that was they're really annoying they didn't do a whole lot of damage to me but they really focused my attention because i was really consumed with the possibility that they were going to snag the objectives
1: Right, and to put that put that damage number into context is, you know, infinity. Everything is so fragile, right? They have one wound. Um, in heavy gear, infantry generally have three or four, so mm-hmm. basically, uh, hit points. Um, and the gears generally have six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are there any eight point gears, or is those only Striders? Yeah, Striders. They're, and they're, gear they're Striders they're... have eight.
2: I think there are there are eight point there are eight point gears, but most of them are like most of your gears are going to be like between armor six and armor eight, and either four two or three three in terms of hull structure.
1: Yeah. So, in in terms of total hit points, your basic guy is six. Infantry is four. Bigger things are eight.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And, that, and that's yeah, roughly give, equivalent give or, to the, yeah, to the one take. two. Yeah. Yeah. Give or take a couple. Yeah. So only be able to do two wounds a shot to infantry means you have to roll well to do two points of damage at least. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna have to do that at least two times. Yeah. So it's gonna eat up a ton of your activation to try to chew through infantry without uh, anti-infantry weapons. So pro tip by flamethrowers.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. flamethrowers. Um, I didn't know what they were for. you on the Cobra models. There's a like a little shoulder mounted, like teeny little like Gatling gun. Teeny by teeny I mean like you know, the Gatling gun that a blackjack would be holding. Uh right. but yeah. but that, teeny that's, but that's a dedicated <laughs> like anti-infantry yeah. like shoots like you know 30 cal bullets The um does like specifically designated for that purpose um and so yeah you don't you like you don't want to skimp on uh, having anti-infantry weapons um and you know for the most part it, it you will be fine because uh, especially for north and south your gears are bristling with weapons you have your handheld weapon you have one or more rocket packs um, you have uh, any shoulder mount weapons Gears have the knives, um, they have... Uh, Adam, what was, can you describe the type of grenade that I was using against John where I had to get into base-to-base contact? Oh, Did yeah, you...
1: so um, most mechs or most gears are equipped with called, what's called an APGL, which is an anti-personnel grenade launcher,
2: which, which i thought was going to be like oh this has a range band like an infinity you sure you're shooting a grenade like poof no no, what, no, it, no case. <laughs> it's,
1: it's it's actually like the the models that still have it i don't think any of them actually still have it but the old larger scale minis used too it's basically like a round ball that shoots grenades in all directions <laughs> so it's it is a Crap! There's stuff by me. Hit the button. Blow yeah. them all to pieces. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, it, like um, Adam Jensen in the first Deus Ex game. He he like just spews explosive shells all around himself.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's that. It's it's yep. blisters of lachette. It's just it's the oh fuck button. You know.
0: Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. ah infantry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and that blows up around you and does kills everything. One other small little thing before we go. Um. Is that area of effect in this game is seriously big? Yeah,
2: yeah. three, three, three inches is like pretty sub is, is pretty substantial.
1: Well, and remember, so in this game, it's not a three inch cross blast marker the way like old forty k used to be. It's radius it's three inches from the target, and that's like the small AOE. Right, there are weapons that have like a five inch AOE. So you're you're plopping down like a ten inch radius of of missile fire saturation. So it's pretty all, awesome. Yeah.
0: And there are it's... vertical launch missiles.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is key to capturing John's
0: interest. Yes, yes, absolutely, one hundred percent.
2: Yeah, um, Greg, there. So I just literally just threw together my terrible, uh, you know, just taking um, uh, PNGs that I that I took and put onto um. An uh, uh album and just loaded up uh, onto custom game pieces, and you can totally play Heavy Gear with uh, with just like you know basic colored chits. Um, it becomes a little complicated if like we there are a couple points where because my chits are literally just red, blue, and green, um, and we were like, "What turn is it?" And we should, but but in the Heavy Gear Discord, there is a guy saying who is saying, "I need good photos." to make an actual good heavy gear tts mod and so i was like okay i have i have a light box and i have some painted miniatures i will get you those photos so we'll see what what comes in the coming weeks and months
0: yeah we should That'd we should awesome. get you uh one of those um one of those spinny scanny things
2: so you scan in all with your that, beautiful the, paint jobs that that guy with the kunai ninja used.
1: yeah
0: yeah exactly yeah
1: all right so we had one whole question <laughs> posted in regards to Heavy Gear. That was actually from Joe who's already left, uh, but he'll listen to the recording, I'm sure. And he asked, does the game, does the war game make you do cube roots like the RPG did? (laughs) And I have to sadly say no. But that totally was a thing in the first edition of the RPG. What did you have to cube root? I don't even remember. I remember I had to have a calculator play
2: the damn game. Wow. That's that's next level. Yeah.
0: Well, they were both, you know, Battle, battle, battles Heavy Gear are, are are kindred spirits. At least at the start, just Heavy Gear evolved beyond its roots.
1: Right. Yeah. So it's it is uh, the game has become much more playable since then. Yes. I think is the the right word.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um.
1: But and I you know I do wonder. I'm hoping that the new 4.0 version of the RPG has the the conversion charts to be able to put your pilots and your gears into the game. Because that was a really cool part of the
2: original um with that yeah, did, john did did, there, did yeah. you mention did you mention the the kind of spec op things that you can do by with duelists? oh yeah yeah so
0: yeah we, we sort of covered it. it a little bit yeah go ahead
2: yeah yeah uh yeah so 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 just like in you can in tournaments there are events that allow it you can create spec ops with various abilities you can kind of do the same thing but it's like explicitly a rule that's always allowed um john there's a picture uh in that list where there's a um there's my uh, north and south, southern duelist. If you want to put that up on the screen, uh, my southern duelist. I gave him uh, from O um, Eighth MS team. I gave him the Gatling gun and the shield from uh, the the goof custom. Um, nice. I'm hoping that you guys know what I'm talking about because that would break my heart if you three, didn't. Three vaguely. Okay. But um but yeah, you can you can uh, s- select a, a, a gear of uh, various types and you can give them various abilities. You can give them um like okay, this guy's got the brawler trait which will give him really good in close combat and I'm going to give him a a bladed staff that gives him uh an inch of reach. Oh yeah, uh you you can be engaged face face combat. blades um have a 0 inch reach but
1: Does Your mic is happen? cutting out there buddy.
2: Oh, sorry. Um you might have staffs or super long katanas that have multiple inches of reach, which is, I see. Uh, I'm so used to infinity being, you have to be in base to base. So doing melee from three or four inches away is pretty sweet. Yeah, there it is. Is. The, there it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, on the, on the right, that's a um, Jaguar that I gave um, that I gave a shield and um and he, he's he's obviously going to get cover bonuses and defensive bonuses. And on the right, I gave give the guy a rotary laser and the brawler trait. And if you may recognize that, that's a, a nomad close combat weapon. Yep, that's from, from Morris. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. Yep.
1: Well, cool. Yeah, no, that's a and that's a fun part of the game, right? Like everyone loves playing. I mean, most people love playing Spec Ops because it just gives the opportunity to customize one yep. one troop the way you want it. So, uh, let's, let's, let's start it now. We're going to have a mailbag, (laughs) you know? So people, if you want to email, uh, John or I, or reach out to us on Facebook, we'll start a new mailbag segment. But to kick that off, we have an email from Eric, um, who is a, a Patreon. Thank you very much, Eric. And he says, let's see here. Hey, I told you guys I was inspired that you inspired me to try out some modeling in the comments on YouTube. Attached, to will find my picture uh, find a picture of my Tiger Soldier, Kodali. Not nearly as good as Adams' work. Ah, oh, stop. Um, but <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> it's stop the it nice first it. try, I guess. Yeah, don't stop.
2: No, that is uh, uh, that. What what you what you have there is miles and miles uh, more attractive than the old Corvus Belly Kodali. Yeah, right. You know, in her Tiger Soldier
1: form. <laughs> no, that's really cool, Eric. Um yeah. And yeah, that's. Yeah, that's so great about 3D printing right now is just the ability to, like, I need a gun print it out. Mm-hmm. I have a ton of uh, Galwegian bodies in my bits bag because I bought a bunch of the Galwegians with the rifles and shotguns to chop up and do different Ariadna conversions. <laughs>
0: no.
2: and now you don't need to. Now we can
1: just... And now I don't and need to. Yeah. I can actually get a rifle from somewhere else. Yeah. So... No, that's looking great, dude. Uh, you know, there's not enough Kodali sculpts in the game.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so, we, need, we need more. At, at least, at least this one is not a combined army one, it's a Yu one.
1: Yeah, we need or another Yu one.
2: If you can do yeah, a Joan, right? I
0: think we really need another Joan
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm. or Musashi, or, no, or, or, or a Kojoan, or, or right? Mix the two.
0: 80 uh, Joan would be pretty brutal. <laughs>
1: Oh, no, <laughs> no, don't do it. Well, no, it looks really good, Eric. Do you have a corgi, too?
0: Yes. You
1: do I have do. a corgi, too. I also have a corgi. She is sleeping by my feet. What is um, her name? Her name is Winifred. Winifred. We just call her Winnie.
2: This is Watson.
1: Hello, Watson. W names for corgis yep. right here on Late Night War Games. Well, you've wasted another perfectly good evening listening to Late Night War Games. <sighs> so, John... Let's wrap it up.
0: Yeah, so um, just a reminder before the end of the month, send in a game of infinity, which you have uh, taken a model or, sorry, a profile that you haven't used before. uh, Let us know how it went. Give it an honest try and uh, give us your honest assessment. Maybe you still think it sucks, which is totally reasonable. Just tell us why. Um, If you feel like painting something, you can paint up a tag and send it in by the end of March and be interested to win some cool prizes, maybe some 3D printed stuff. Yeah, so you can find us here on Twitch at 8.30 p.m. on Pacific uh, every Tuesday, Uh, sometimes over Wednesday to accommodate some guests, but that's pretty rare. We'll make sure to announce it beforehand. Um, We've got our uh, tabletop throwdown show on Sunday mornings. If anybody wants to be the champion or a challenger for the champion on a Sunday, please reach out and we'll get you on the schedule. Um, We always love having people from around the world coming up. Frank, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Greg is coming on. this this Sunday, this I think. Week? Yeah, I think it's this Sunday, right? Yeah, it must be. Oh yeah. Yeah. So so if uh, if you want go. to watch the title match of Are You Worthy, uh, Greg from South Africa versus our very own Eric Zalpinipas, uh come check it out. They're going to be playing Unmasking. Um, Greg is playing uh, Spiral, and Eric is probably going to be playing Vanilla Pano, is my guess. Probably. Um, that's, that's where my money is that's, that's, that's sort of what he's been doing for the last couple of games so if you if you want to uh, check out what he's been doing previously they're all on the YouTube channel as well we upload everything we do we post on Twitch to YouTube later we also uh, record the audio <laughs> straight to a podcasting app so you can uh, listen to us while you're driving around or, or uh, going for a walk or something
1: so yeah. say Eric and Greg have been practicing all month for the ultimate showdown happening this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday <laughs> on the Dice of <laughs> You gotta watch all the smack talk and all the uh, all the highlights and everything by the by. Who's uh, announcing it this week, John?
0: Uh, it's gonna, it gonna be, be... It's Tim and Clint, I think.
1: Oh, Tim and Clint, the dynamic duo, the face of Tabletop Throwdown. Tim yep. and Clint, Catch it here. It's gonna be funny. They've all been, they've both been theoretically practicing for a month. Um, let's see if. If uh, if Eric can hold the title, or if Greg proves himself worthy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, Frank, do you have anything you would like to plug?
2: Ah, uh, no, I do not. Just uh, I hope I'm glad, John. I'm glad that you're into heavy gear, and Adam, I'm glad that you have a that you have a, a history with it. I hope that we get to play more.
1: Yeah, I agree. yeah. It, it's probably the game that I have played longest other than 40k so there we go and
2: and and because their utopia is so swarmy i will not have to do a lot of work to creating little virtual game pieces if i want to run them (laughs) right just copy paste yep
1: exactly um and then of course we'd like to give a special thanks to all our patreon patrons and to our wonderful sponsors, Brutal Cities and Mythic Games, who somebody here has already won a Sweet Sweet Prize. We'll be doing that probably every week. So come in, stay tuned, chat, talk, you know, talk to people, uh, listen to our wonderful smooth voices, and you get prizes. Like we're basically bribing you to give us more views. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Like here's cash to use at somebody else's store. Uh, Be sure to catch us on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes, follow us on Twitch and YouTube. Click all those buttons like subscribe and follow and heart and like, and uh, any of them that have a dollar sign attached are usually better for me, I like those. Yeah, all that stuff helps encourage us to give you the best content that we possibly can and also helps inflate our egos to gigantic sizes, like 12 millimeter scale, large sizes. It's fantastic. (laughs) All right, guys,
0: have a good night. Take care, everyone.